Let's record. Yo, yo, yo. What's happening, Jay? Hello. Yep. Just made my way down half an hour from Merriweather to come see you. So you're from the Blue Mountains originally? Yeah. Country <laughs> girl. Because when I was like, when I sent you the dress, I'm just so used to everyone going, well, I know where the lake is. Like, it's kind of. And I thought you were in Newcastle girl for some reason. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I was like, oh, shit, this is a half an hour away from where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you sent me the message, I was like, oh, you're not from around here. No. Yeah. <laughs> and got the got the big fella here as well. Hey, yes. You <laughs> is your microphone on? Um, I don't yep. know. Yeah, bring it closer to you, dude. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Perfect. All right, cool. Is your ears all right? You can hear properly? You good? Can I'm you good. Bring, bring your microphone to you. And get yourself comfortable, G. Bring this it. Bring. Like- Bring it to wherever you want it to be. Oh, there we go. Yeah. We're on. <laughs> you're on. You're on. <laughs> Let's hope no one's videoing me because my microphone looks funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no videos. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kick it off, guys. Podcast is supported by CMBT Nutrition. Fuel your passion. You're doing that work on the mats. You need that pre. You need those BCAAs. You need that protein hit for recovery afterwards. You need a snack. These guys have the best bars going around. My favorite is the salted caramel. Trusted by the 145 UFC champion of the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Head over to cmbt.com.au and fuel your passion. We get to the point. Yo, yo, yo. Georgia Page in the house. Hello. What's happening, mate? Excited to be here. Have a chat. <laughs> Have a chat. <laughs> now you just spent some time overseas. Yes, just got back from Europe. We were in Croatia, England and France. Tough gig. Must be must be hard being a footy player. Jesus Christ. Well, you're on the big big dollars, are you? Definitely not. <laughs> Far from the big dollars, actually. But um, I feel like it was just needed after two years in COVID lockdown and then hard pre-season end of last year, then got cancelled and then another pre-season and then footy. So just needed to get out, I feel like. 100%. What was it like travelling after? Is it, is it? It was normal. Yeah. I actually felt like fine. Um, the only yeah. thing is just wearing a face mask on the plane. Is that all? Mm, that was it. And then... Croatia changed the laws right as we got there too, so we didn't have to wear anything. That's sick. Yeah, like as we flew in. So no clothes or anything. Didn't have to wear clothes. (laughs) Yeah, but you can walk in there, right? And then they'll be like, nothing's, you know, don't worry about it. As soon as you get to like put your ticket there, like put a face mark on. Oh, really? Yeah, it was more like the Emirates. Emirates coming back from um, London that made us put them back on. Okay. Um, But everywhere just checks your vaccination status. So you have to prove that you're vaccinated. Which is a bit annoying, but it's pretty insane. I'm not too sure if you seen my story the other day, but um, both Lucy and I have chosen not to not to be, not to take the the vaccine, and um, actually our daughter was getting her six month needles or five month needles so she could go to daycare and stuff, and we got to the medical center. I will name it Apple Tree Apple Tree <laughs> Medical Center in Charlestown, and there they asked us that question. They're like, "Are you vaccinated?" and um, yeah, well, like Protect your family, get yeah, vaccinated. Yeah. Psh, what a cock of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the response was no. And um dude, they made us wait outside. No way. With a five oh, month five month old baby. That's horrible. While it was fucking raining. That's really sad. And um 
until we got a rats test and take and you know it was a negative rats oh test and um you guys obviously don't know me but i don't stand for shit at all and um it was a very 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 harsh conversation i had to have with a poor nurse i know she was just doing her job but the fact that she they treated us like fucking dogs mm. literally like dogs made us wait outside while it was raining with our baby and i was just like this makes zero sense it doesn't matter whether you have 400 boosters you can still transmit the covid-19 virus oh exactly <laughs> the thing is is that those nurses are just pawns of bigger yeah. people you know what i mean and Dane was with me when I was the last to get my vaccination and it was just because they enforced it in the NRL. So I would have lost my contract if I didn't get vaccinated and footy is more important to me than the vaccination. But if I could have not had it, I definitely wouldn't have got it. But I was crying, bawling my eyes out Mate. and was ready to... Should have came and seen <laughs> me. I four and a half grand, I could have got you in the system. For, you wouldn't have had to have it. Four and a half grand, we would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to do that. Oh, it, it broke my heart. Like, it was actually it's so sad. Like, I was standing there, like, just trying to hold a hand, trying to be supportive, but at the same time, I don't believe in getting it either. Yeah. Obviously, we had to do it for that circumstance, but yeah. it was just one of those things that you just want to support her and be there for when she's getting it. But then at the same time, you don't fully believe in it. So as she was crying, I'm like, I was going to just chuck on my shoulder and run out and just go stuff this. But what a great guy. What, no, but what do you do? Can like, we date? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Hey, just so supportive. I'm not, I'm not against it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just like, but then if I did that or even said anything, it's it's pushing her away from football and then yeah. that's even worse. So. Yeah. It's a very um, stuck between a, a rock and a hard place, right? Like it's, mm. it's something that you love, you've devoted your life to and, uh, it's what do you do you're pushed into a corner when you have no options yeah. i know some of the girls they were like strong enough to not get it and then they didn't play footy um but it's one of my big passions so like i said it means more to me to play footy than to get a, a stupid vaccination 100 so. percent. does it scare you seeing the stuff about athletes around the world like the, especially the like the endurance athletes like the soccer players and stuff like that that are yeah, a little bit, the, but yeah. if you look at the like, if you look at the stats, it's more males. It's yeah. not really females. And both of my parents had had the same vaccination shot, and they had it a month before I did. So I kind of looked at my genetics in that sense and think, how well did they respond to it? And I was fine, really. You're a mountains girl, mate. You're sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, I think I was more worried, to be honest, about Dane getting it because he fits that category. Yeah. If you think about all the people that were having really bad reactions in the heart problems, it was 25-year-old yeah. males. Yep, yep. So Didn't particularly feel good after, I'll be honest. Like, yeah. I didn't want to get it either, completely. And I'm not against it. We're not anti-vaxxers. We just wanted to... You know, be a bit patient with it. Pro Just choice. Run it out. Yeah. We want to, you know, to have the choice. We don't yeah. like being told not to, well, being told what to do, essentially. Yeah. To be and honest, we've both had, we've both had COVID. I had only had one dose of the vaccination when I'd had COVID. And I was like, I would have much preferred just have this and then be done with it. Like, <laughs> I was like hoping that someone was going to come past me with COVID and then I didn't have to get vaccinated. <laughs> Excuse me, mate. Can I just lick your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she got COVID and said, "I've just had COVID. Like, do I need to get the second vaccination?" They said, "Yeah, do it today. Like straight away." They're like, wow. "Just get it." They I tried to get the exemption, but yeah. they wouldn't let me. Wow, it's crazy. In, eh? I know, yeah. crazy. I should have had like six weeks at least, but not. So I had COVID, and then I had my second vaccine booster, like a week later. <sighs> crazy eh? it's stupid and it's an experience proteins. going to get it too like did you go to the big warehouse 
He's oh. not vaccinated. Oh, sorry. Oh, bro, I'm a pure blood. Of course. You're. I was going to say, <laughs> I've got a group chat. We're called yeah. the pure bloods. Yeah. If you saw it, you'd unvaxed, be like, unmasked. One of my one of my um, jujitsu coaches actually got pure blood in um, in Brazilian or well, whatever it is, Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Guga. Do you know Guga? Yeah, Guga. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a funny little dude. What a legend! Just yeah. got pure blood. Yeah, legend. When no, when no gyms were um, training. That's where I was lucky enough to get like one-on-one jujitsu in with him because he was like, I don't, we, well, neither of us were like, we don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, man. I like, unfortunately, you know, when the gym shut down, I just, I just bought mats, had a couple of, do- we had just had fight club, cruising the roller door, shut it down, chuck, yeah. chuck some tunes on and yeah. Just I was just trying to convince me to roll. I was like, how much do you weigh? He's like over the hundred club. I was like, no way. <laughs> Mate, I have to roll with small people all the time. Yes, but. I'm actually pretty good at rolling with small people. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I've rolled with G when we were in that same situation. She's like, yeah, have a muck around. And I'm just like, no idea. So I, I'm keen to get into it and start learning. But I, I just no put idea. him in Dude, like, come to jiu I just I'm put keen, him in I'm random keen, yeah. chokes. Come. <laughs> uh, doesn't know what to do. When she chokes me out, I'm just like, <laughs> what's, what's today? Sunday? Yep. Dude, come tomorrow night. Where, where are you at? Uh, Ronan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was, was that one I was talking about the other day. Told me about that. Yeah. So uh, Broadmeadow PCYC. Yeah. So we like, what Ron? You know what a Ronan yeah. is, right? So you'd wear whatever the fuck you want. There's no sensei per se. It's just like you roll in there. Kind of like combat. The best. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like what Miles and Cell had. It's just like fucking come in and do your thing, dude. But um, the best jujitsu in Newcastle right now is at our gym. Like we've got the best competitors, yep. best coaching, most. Evolved coaching, but man, I'd be nice to have another big dude to roll right. with. And I'll well, that's you. the that's the thing is finding like big dudes to roll with Dane because yeah. obviously when you're a white, white belt, there's not that many like. And they're scared of you too. Like other other dudes would be like, except for maybe like a couple of blue or purple belts, are like, oh, we'll teach oh. the big guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the teach thing. the big white belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the same with footy though. I was big, but then they'd be like, I'm just gonna go out and smash these dudes. So it's just like, like I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I'm like I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, and we yeah. do. We do all no gi jiu-jitsu. Cool. If you want to wear the gi... Um, I don't have one, so... The, yeah, mate. Physically, that's why I was like... If you wore one, we probably can't be friends. I fucking hate them. <laughs> it's disgusting. I, see, I like... I didn't like them at first, but then I had like a time where I started to like wearing the gi and not being no gi. I think it was more like... When you're in no gi, it's a lot faster. Obviously, I'm a lot better at no gi just because it, if you're athletic, you can be kind of good at no gi. It's very... Like if you... Especially like with... The scrambling is like footy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's like easy, especially I suppose people often don't have that hunt and chase and I find that I have that, especially in no gi. But in gi, I kind of get like, oh, just let me go. Like the grip stuff, like you have to be a bit more technical. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And it is. It's like um, I compare them, the two, like no gi, like like rugby league and <laughs> gi is like rugby union. Yeah, I say that. sevens and fifteens yeah. is kind of like yeah. what I say. Yeah, 100%. It's like <laughs> one's very free-flowing and scrambly and like very wrestling-based and then the other one is very, very, very technical. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think that having no gi is a – like basics of no gi is epic because if you've got a choke on, you've really got it on because you can kind of slide out of it really 100%. easy. Have you done any? Very, He's done a bit of no yeah, gi. Very yeah. bit like – Jeez, choked me out at home a few times. 
<laughs> just because like she gets excited as well and then next thing you know she's just be mucking her, mucking watching her the out. UFC and she's yeah. like I'll show you how to do that oh, she'll, be like, she'll just get a diesel squeezel out and I'll just be like oh, oh yeah that's my favourite <laughs> one she loves it she loves it I always it. do it to people like they think they're coming into like side control and as we like roll through I'll put the diesel squeezel on there. and she's sneaky about it's it it's such too. a dog thing to do <laughs> I, I love it <laughs> that's, and I always used to do like this I feel like a lot of practitioners don't like like proper jujitsu don't like this but like Ezekiel from like um, Mount from, um, Mount. from not from Mount but being in guard and then from the bottom yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's not usually something that people do but I like I feel like it's like a sneaky shot well that's what um that Alexei Olenek does the old Russian heavyweight oh. just Ezekiel people from the bottom is that is he the Ezekiel master there's that guy with it, that many Ezekiel it's him yeah, yeah. right yeah, the, bow, the <laughs> Russian bow constrictor they call him <laughs> Alex Olenek it's one of my favorite that diesel squeezel and Ezekiel is like my favorite chokes. Yeah, dog chokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think because I can always remember them though. Like yeah. I kind of forget like a lot of the other chokes, but I can always remember how to just put them on. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to ask you that. Do you find like the gi a lot more interesting from those sort of facts? Because like you're you're obviously a smart girl. Like you've university qualified, uh, or, or physio. Sorry, physio. Osteopath. Osteopath sorry, sorry. Um, so do you like the technical side of the gi? I do like the technical side. Um, I like the fact that there's like little things where if you hold literally two centimetres above, then it's like you've put the choke on so tight that they're definitely tapping. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. like that stuff. And it's kind of um, you're always evolving and learning. But you, you do that in no gi, but I like that in, in the gi. Yeah. So that's yeah. Cool. See, I'm a dumbass, and that's why I do not like the gi. <laughs> I, I normally end up just in a stalemate for five minutes with someone just like, eh, eh. I know, I know, I get annoyed with that sometimes. So it's like you go, I go through phases where I like one or the other. But at, since COVID, it's just I haven't been consistently rolling really, so it's kind of been hard. One thing that I really enjoyed was because um, a couple of the boys that I train with. Luke, he's a purple belt, 128 kilos. He's a big, he's a warm bat. And he's as white as he is tall, but he's fucking technically beautiful. And um, by the end of it, like especially when it came into summer, no shirt, ADCC styles, just boardies. And you just I like mean, sliding through. It's, it's it's another level. Yeah, there's less friction. Yeah, yeah, legit have to have chokes on. So you good. have to man, or any arm bars or anything on. So tight. anything like yeah. it, and especially like as it went. As the rounds went on, it got harder and harder. And then you sit there and go, fuck, if someone does anything in the UFC submission-wise later in any rounds with gloves on. Oh, it would be so hard. That's that's amazing. Very high-level um, grappling. High-level. Charles Oliveira. He's, oh, he's how good is he? He's a freak. How good is he? He's just a freak. <laughs> Since he's uh, like – and considering like what? It's like a 15-year tenure in the UFC. Crazy crazy most submissions yeah. but like it just goes to show like at some point if you stay on track with what you love and what your passion is there's going to be a time when you peak and you actually become the best at it an absolute weapon weapon i love do you know what i love about jiu-jitsu though is that i'm really someone that loves learning and jitsu and you never stop learning that's like my favorite thing about it and it's also like when I'm there, I'm not thinking about anything else but jujitsu. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like meditation. In it a is. Sense. It is. So it when I like had a year off, I had a year off between rugby union and when I started rugby league, and that's when I got into jujitsu. And to be honest, I actually enjoyed doing jujitsu more than what I love 
in rugby league. Like I love going to jiu-jitsu, but I'm I feel like there's more opportunity in rugby league as an athlete. Georgia Page. ADCC, 2032. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, I did my first comp when I had like three months of um, training. It was pretty funny. I just like double-legged and tackled everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I versed this chick in the, like, the gold medal match and she put me in a um, – uh, what did she put me in? A guillotine. I, I double-legged with my head down. She put me in a guillotine and put me straight in there. And I was like, oh, my God, I'll never have my head down again. That was the <laughs> hardest thing for me to do because, like, when I started wrestling um, at Eagle MMA in Bondi, my first thing was to put my head down mm. and you just got cranked. So used to it playing footy. Yeah, yeah. so used to it. And yeah. to the side too. So yeah. you're, like, you're going straight into their armpit. And then they go straight into that and you're like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, Jesus Christ. Uh, but, yeah, you got to keep that head up straight into the sternum. 100%. Rob Whitaker does it, like, so nicely. When you watch him do a takedown, his head's, like, tucked underneath that armpit and, like, looking to the other side when he gets a nice takedown. And that's the thing that really, like, pisses me off about when you, unfortunately, watch the UFC or MMA with people who don't know or don't practice any sort of martial arts and you're watching the technical side of like a cage battle with fighting for underhooks, double unders, or someone's got someone on the ground, they're a proficient wrestler, they keep body locking them, rolling them, and they're like, oh, this is boring. I'm like, mate, you don't realise how technical and how hard that is. So yeah. shut the fuck up. And how like energy draining some of that is, even if it is like quite slow, it's a grind, and you would be dying, like the fitness that they have. Yeah, it's insane. Now... Obviously, um, we've touched on obviously footy and stuff like that. So, uh, you are one of the you are the second rower for the Newcastle Knights in the NRLW, and you've you you play um, for Australia rugby. No, 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 never played for Australia, but played for Queensland and played um, in the Super W for the Rebels. Oh, sensational! And yep. then started league in twenty twenty. And played for the Sharks and then got signed for the Dragons. Well, that's what I was going to say. Let's let's have a little bit of a trip on how you got to where you are now. So, who are you? Where you're from? How did we get to this resilient, incredible athlete that I have sitting across the table from me now? Well, I hail from the Blue Mountains, the Hawkesbury. You're from the Hawkesbury? Yeah. I always say Blue Mountains because no one ever knows where it well, is. Well, like one of our really good friends was here visiting friends but they're from Ebenezer the other side of Winter yeah they're River. like down the bottom we're yep. like up kind of near Bilpin Apple Country okay where yep. people have six toes <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um so as a kid I just played every single sport you can imagine I loved like track and field and little athletics and um tennis netball basketball um played basketball through high school and then coming into year 11 and 12, realising that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, not sure what I was going to do with my life, I became an osteopath. And then I got to university and I played basketball there for a little bit and the comp was really average, so I got over it. And what university? Uh, Southern Cross University okay. up in Lismore, New South Wales. And then I started playing rugby sevens really randomly. A girl came up to me after watching me play Oztag and she's like, do you want to come play rugby sevens? I was like, like tackle Shoot, this is in 2013 and I was like why not we'll give it a crack and then honestly like loved it I had so much fun just like tackle aggression speed <laughs> endurance 
I loved it. And the like drinking culture side of it back then I enjoyed as well. And then played sevens in Australia and then I moved. This is when I got my college scholarship to play in America. And so I played college rugby in America for a year and that's where I played 15s and sevens. What, uh, what, what uni? Um, Lindenwood University. It was in St. Louis, Missouri. How cool. With all the cornfields. It, really, <laughs> it was amazing. It was honestly. How's that accent? I'd talk. All the cornfields. <laughs> I talk Gonna about your America all the time because I loved it so much. Like it was such a Constantly. life experience oh, and changed I, me. I've been in the States like eight times. Oh, I love, I love America. Yeah. And um, you know, what really changed me was how they treat athletes in the college system and to be disciplined and to time manage and still needed to keep my grades up. Kind of like what we were talking about before, you know, if you don't, you can be at a good school, but if they don't um, require you to keep killing it at academics and you, you know, well, what do you do then? Yeah. You don't, you still get to play, but you don't get to learn the discipline in the sense of well, you need like, to do study. It's like a byproduct, isn't it? It's like, you know, kind of how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. So I was like, if you just focus on the one key element and you're kind of putting all your eggs into that one basket if it doesn't work, then you kind of fuck, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. And then that's, I suppose, like when people go down the wrong route and they don't know what to do with their addiction to exercise, for example. Um, so when I went to America, it was like there was so many great athletes, even though they maybe not had worked out yet rugby. It, like it taught me to be disciplined and how to work hard and, you know, manage my time and study and train hard. So that um, I became the athlete that I am today really wow. was then. And then came back. Well, this is when my famous video happened. Broke my nose. <laughs> I broke my nose um, in my last sevens game there. And it just happened to be televised in America. And then on my way home, um, I realised that it was on ESPN. And then all of these people just started following me. And then I got back to Australia and then... The Insta fame of 20 minutes started. <laughs> I, I showed them over lunch. I was like, I was like, very smart girl. Osteo. Oh, I thought you were a physio, but physio. Same, uh, same. Yeah, plays, uh, you know, plays, plays professional sport, but she's kind of like this. <laughs> it's like the basketball player hurt his head and then there's you ready for the next tackle. Just bust it up, claret everywhere. Yeah. Oh my God. That is me. To a T. That's why people ask where I come from and I, and I, they thought I was from Sydney and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm from the Hawkesbury. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. That's yeah. where the toughness comes from. 100%. Um, and so that video happened and then I just kind of was playing rugby sevens and fifteens in Australia and then I had a really bad concussion in 2019 and then I kind of thought I was going to have – I was ready to retire, to be honest. I was like, I'm over it. Um, I was getting anxiety going to training, not realizing it was from the concussion. Yeah, thinking that I was just over like footy in general, but it turned out that it was the concussion. And then rehabbed that, and then that's when I started jujitsu for the year. And then in 2020, I found one of my friends, Corbin. Um, she convinced me to come down to Sharks training, and I just enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, and I was like, I'm going to give this a crack, and didn't. I think that was when I was playing my best footy because I wasn't worried about making any teams. I was just enjoying what I was doing. And then, yeah, signed to the NRLW to the Dragons that year. And then here we are, signed to the first Knights team. Big Red V. In 2022. <laughs> and, yeah, that's how I made the second row there. Yeah, second, sensational. What a, um, It's really cool to hear you talk about the, um, the work ethic from what you learnt over in the States. 
and it's something that they do very very well like in some places their college team is bigger than the actual yeah. team itself like 100 it's it's massive um and it's it's so true dude like how you you know how you do anything is how you do everything mm. and getting that sort of experience would have been something that has you know, benefited you so much now but what i did want to ask was with the with the head concussion did you lose confidence with wanting to to run the ball yeah with with wanting to engage into obviously you know combat Def- maybe not so much combat but definitely like returning to the field i think i was like lost confidence wasn't myself anxiety like all of those things i don't know if it was just purely because I was scared of the injury as such or because it was actually post-concussion symptoms? I had the exact same thing when I was, I think it was 13 or 14, must have been, yeah, 14s. Everyone had grown, like you wouldn't think it now, but everyone had grown and I didn't grow. And it was actually, we were playing Burley at Pizzy Park and Sam Rolston, the guy was in the front row, he was a great football player, he actually spear-tackled me. No. And... I I was scared for probably two years. Like I I did not want to play football mm. because of that concussion. Like the fact that I I was I felt immortal when I played football, and for the first time I realized I was human. Yeah, having that it's like any injury though. You know, as soon as someone does their ACL or a really bad like a almost a season-ending injury, you'll notice how timid they are coming back. Like think about Ryan Pappenhausen, like, well, his was a concussion, but like like that season that he came back, you could see that he he was like not running the ball the same. He was a little bit smaller, like he was timid, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then even people coming back from ACLs, you can often, it's like they've done all the right rehab, but you can still just see they're not running as hard as they used to. Yeah. So it's kind of, I could say that that probably happened to me. Brings you to earth. Like you realise that, you know, you're not immortal. 100%. And you can actually get injured. You yeah. can change your whole life and going through all the things you sort of emotionally go through coming back from an injury or a concussion you sustain any bad injuries i wouldn't say it's bad i feel like i definitely have had some concussions yeah um playing football would you play at shell harbour no no i played for collies Collies west hey um bit of dragons as well yeah played a bit of a bit of basketball as well with you know, back in the day, played yeah. for Australia actually. So that was oh, really? That was cool. Yeah. Joe, Joe Ben Cray was a, an Australian basketball. I did before know that. he started because he went to Edmund Rice. Yeah. I played. I played my last year of footy with him. Played New South Wales. He was like my like my inspiration when I was coming up. I was just like Ben Cray was the guy. Dude, I, I remember playing yeah. St Greg's Knockout and playing Edmund Rice in the final, and looking at that guy going, he is not sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> he was just a man child. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, I played That's against probably what people looked at you like. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, you're, a, you're a big vessel. No, 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 no. I remember, I remember this one time I played against Westfields, and if you ever played Westfields, Westfields, Westfields Sports High, they were yeah. they were big. And I remember like I was like 15 or maybe 14, and I rocked up, and we had some really good players, like NRL players, and like Jack Bird, etc. Like some really good players that are playing NRL now. So I was like, you know, we had a good team. These guys rocked up. They were meant to be like 15 or 14 and they rocked up in like their own car. They had a kid <laughs> in the car. Dude had tattoos on his like arm with a little beard and I'm just like, that dude's not 14. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's who we played against. So I was just like, <laughs> Well, that school, yeah. that school had some amazing play. Like my year, yeah. uh, that school had like uh, Jared Hayne, Bryce Gibbs, Liam Fulton. Yeah. Like they had, some, they had a stellar team. Oh, they've had some seriously good players and then they've had a lot of players that were so good, young, and then just never really – 
evolve from that obviously yeah. environments you know yeah 100 percent. and i think that's one thing like i want to ask you like obviously you're hearing us chat about that like school footy was probably was was a highlight to my career because i didn't fucking do anything after it but <laughs> like school footy to me was something that like it got me to school it got me to want to do like my school work and stay at school and keep up with everything how good would it be to see young you know young girls it's starting now is it it's starting now like this is you know the next five years really or the next three to five years like there's girls well actually this year there'll be a girl i know that's played since she was like 12 so that it's starting there they'll be coming through the next gen of like girls that played since they were kids yeah which is exciting to see like that in 2013, it, people were still looking around like, oh, you're playing rugby. Like, that's contact. Girls don't do that. <laughs> so it's like te- nearly 10 years now down down the track and there'll be girls coming out since playing from 12. It's amazing. Yeah, 100%. Because I, I did a podcast with, with Howie, with Mel Howard. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Howie. Absolute legend of a human being. And um, she was she was saying to me that her brother got um, Andrew Johns' kicking DVD for Christmas. Oh, my God. And she was out there with him. Like, that's how she learned to kick. Was you know kicking footy in the backyard with her older brother. That's so good. I didn't know that. Yeah, so cool. So she is an absolute legend, and I met yeah threw a lot of hands up in the air on why she wasn't in your team. Yeah, well, it's, it, I think she came back from a shoulder injury, and then I think the Central Coast Roosters. This is just me from observing. I don't know exactly what happened, but the Central Coast Roosters played her in and out, so she wasn't like playing consistently. So it's like. If she's not being looked at, then yeah, how can people select her? You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy, but like if you go off her merit and what she'd achieved, oh yeah, up, she was up an until the, de- she was the year a, before, yeah, hundred percent. Which is, uh, yeah, I had a lot of yeah conversations with a couple of people at the nights, going, "You guys fucking insane! Why do you not have this girl here?" Like, yeah. Anyway, that's the uh, that's the season. It's a controversial topic, like just the way they, oh, they footy pick. politics are pain. Yeah. So no, like obviously when you were younger, you would have seen it for years, and it's yeah. the exact same with like just me being a bystander watching G. You know, yeah. like the politics are just yeah, <laughs> never changing. You can be a great footy, or you can still have like a good season and still not be picked up. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's cutthroat, and I think the main thing to remember is that you can't control what specifically that coach is looking for and even though you may have had a good season and you've been playing well it's not what they wanted and that's just up to them do you know what I mean yeah to a certain degree but then it's like I look at how long the Queensland Origin team took Tony Carroll for and it's like he couldn't even make the the first 13 team for Brisbane but he'd always be at Origin and yeah. he always perform- doesn't make like, sense does it like how well, is it how is a performer know, I mean, it's, yeah. it is a p- obviously a part of who you know and who you played for yeah, that's always going to be part of footy politics, or even what style of player they want. They might they watch NRL for example, and they say they want this style of player in that position, and then they're trying to push someone to be that person. Yeah, you know, completely different gender, different sort of like role, and what they're used to playing. Yeah, they're trying to make people play like other people, well, of who they are. Well, I'm really good mates with with Malo, and um, you know his biggest Achilles heel was being past the torch from Joey and the way he played football was very similar to Joey. And he like says now looking back on his career, if he would have actually just played his natural game instead of trying to play like Joey, he would have had a lot more longevity. Mm. He would have probably excelled a lot more, but that pressure as a 17 year old kid at high school playing, you know, first grade for the Newcastle Knights when you know, the Knights were at the top of their game, 
it, it changed his whole style of play. Mm. And yes, he's a he's a fantastic one of the best to ever do it. But you know, he looks back on it now and is like, well, if I just played my natural game, I would have just could have been different. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a funny like you look, in the women's game, right? They look at for my position specifically, they want tall second rowers uh, and like bigger, tall, big second rowers. I am not tall compared to the like the Origin and the Origin New South Wales and Queensland girls. I'm a lot shorter than them, but. It's funny, like, you don't – there's always the person that doesn't have to fit that build, you know. Like, Pap is another guy who's, like, perfect yep. example. He's, like, 88 kilos ringing wet and he didn't get – West Tigers dropped him. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you don't have to fit that specific build. I think people need to more so look at what kind of person and what kind of worker that person is, you know, and how what culture they bring to the team. I think every coach should be made to watch – have you watched the Brady Six – no. <laughs> oh, go home and watch it. Is it's it fucking sensational. Really? Is it on Netflix? Yeah, no, it's on YouTube. Oh, oh. see. Yeah, uh, the Brady Six. So virtually, he got picked 199th in the draw, and like what he did at Michigan was amazing. I won't ruin it for you guys, but it's like you. But the one thing that his dad says is that yes, you can measure a bench press. Yes, you can me- measure a 40 yard dash, but you can't measure the heart. And the uh, the work ethic of of a human being, and that's what Brady does, and always has done. His story, but is just incredible. Yeah, just watching it, like you just want him to. When he got to the Bucks, I just wanted him to win. Yeah, he won. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, let's go. You know, yeah, you know, just because of it, he literally defies everything, because they, like you just said, the metrics of a good player. He yeah. was not on that spectrum no. at all, and just basically become one of the best, or if not the best NFL player of all time. Well, the five the five guys that get picked in front of him. Like, it's crazy. So he he's from Northern California, and his hero was Joe Montana. All he wanted to do was play for, for San Francisco, for the 49ers. And the guy that got picked in front of him was, like, the number one draft picked quarterback. And then in the trial game, the Pats play San Francisco, and this guy just eats a bag of dicks and goes missing. Like, it's dropped from the NFL and just goes missing. And then Brady goes on to have this, like, you know, stellar career, which is insane. But, like, that's the same thing. Like, you know, Mel might be small. You might be small. But it's like, a girl might be physically bigger than you, but does she have what it? Does she have what you have? Does she have the heart? Definitely not. There's, I know that, I know for almost a fact that that, most of the other second rowers that are in other teams would not work as hard as myself. That I know. <laughs> yeah. Like there's maybe a one or two that would be on like a similar level, but yeah, there's girls just don't really know how to work hard or to get in the hurt locker. Like they don't know how to push themselves. And that's why like I can play full games. Like a lot of girls can't play full games for that reason is the fact that they just don't know how to like flick the switch to keep going. What do your, um, what do your parents do? Um, my dad is a plumber yep. and my mum was an insurance clerk. <laughs> 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 well, well, what was it like in your household growing up? Um, I feel like they're both very blue collar workers. Yep. They both will work hard and, you know, nine to five jobs, but they are some of the hardest workers that try to provide for families, you know? Yeah. Sorry. Let's Sending a message to my family. Um, yeah, because that's – I think that's where it comes from, man. Like, obviously, you're your own DNA and your own, you're, you're your own human being, but, you know, you see your your mum and your dad, you know, 
doing putting these things into play every single day, working hard, it comes off somewhere as like I guess epigenetics, right? Like mm. if you know, your parents are doing that, then you've you're going to be a byproduct of it. I do think part of uh, partially that yes, they're both blue collar hard workers, but I also think that as a kid, I always just had heart. Like it was just part of me. Like I'd always just give it my one hundred percent. And whether or not that comes from them or wanting to impress, who knows? Are you an only child? Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a I had a stepbrother and sister, but not until I was like ten. Yep. So who knows? Yeah. Is it epigenetics or is it the fact that I was like, look at me, look how good I am? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about that because, um, like, I've got a five month old daughter, and the kind of question is, when are you having a second one? And what what you know what's the age gap going to be? And I was sitting there going, I'm an only child. I've got brothers and sisters everywhere, but I'm an only child to my parents. Um, and it's like you know, Lucy's got a sister. You know, her, her both of her parents got big families, and um, and it's like I only know that only child syndrome thing. <laughs> and I think I'm a bit like that too yeah. it's like hey everybody look at me it might be that yeah. you know what I mean rather than actually yeah. coming from looking at them because I wouldn't say like neither of them are athletes you know what I mean like yeah. I've never except for them working like their jobs yeah but you say that I, I was the youngest of three and I was just like the person like my dad was like you're the one that's going to do everything I played every sport I was like the golden child They'd do everything for me. My sister and brother weren't that athletic. They weren't really that interested. And I was just like every trait. I was just like that's like I was just that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like that's I was probably because your brother and sister weren't athletic, and you were the one. Very, they were very introvert. <laughs> they're very introvert. They're you very were chill. the one that's like he's gonna he's gonna make his prayer. Yeah. <laughs> turns out to be six six hundred plus kilos, and it's like he's gonna make his money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I got told. At like dead set ten years old, but I think it's an experience. Like no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, it's just like experience. Like I feel like you know we've definitely both in a sense, had a unique upbringing with our families and all sorts of stuff like that and very different circumstances but then very similar at the same time. Okay. And I think that experience, you either choose to go one way. You have two options. You either choose to like go into sort of negative habits or not growing or you just go, I'm going to be the best fucking person I can yeah. and I'm going to just evolve as much as I possibly can at every single thing I can. We always and talk about this. Always. like You I go into the victim or the champion mindset yeah. is what we talk about. And we're both champions. Like I feel like both in like, our yeah. respects, we're very different but so similar. How competitive against, are you against each other? Like if you go to... Ho- <laughs> we're whole, always if, really if, competitive. If, if you go to Holy Moly, like is it on? <laughs> is someone catching an Uber home? Or <laughs> we're not like... I'm, I'm, I love we it. We always yeah. go at basketball but it's an unfair advantage. Well, yeah, I'm a winner every time. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Unless it's jiu-jitsu, then that's demoralising. So. Mm, at the same time, like, I don't get sad of it. No, genuinely, Buck, I'm one of those people that, like, I'll be competitive with her and I'll always, like, try and beat it's her. healthy competitive. But then when she yes. beats me at jiu-jitsu or chokes me out, I'm like, nice, though. Like, that was sick. Yeah. You know, like, you teach me be. something. Like, when we play basketball, if, like, she beats me, which doesn't happen. But, like, if she does, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Like, I love seeing her kill it in her own aspect but at the same time when we're together we still are very competitive if you were to play five games of horse who would win Ooh, depends if i was on or not that day 
But Dane would probably so be me. the winner. So me. <laughs> Dane would probably be the winner. He's, he's close to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, we walked past, uh, we drove past like this bowling place. Um, or Tempin Bowling. Tempin Bowling. That dull boy or something? Bull boy. Oh, at uh, Warner's Bay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got yeah. really excited about it and we're like, we should go. And Play we'll Tempin. He's like, have you played before? I was like, not much. He's like, yes, I'll win then. <laughs> that was literally our conversation in the car. <laughs> I love it. And for you, G, I guess, you know, being a professional athlete, um, is it nice to have someone who understands, one, I guess, the mindset of, you know, playing the sport himself, but also, like, you seem like to be the type of guy that you probably don't flick through Instagram a hell of a lot. You're probably listening to podcasts. You're trying to better yourself across your whole life. You know, you talked about real estate. You talked about buying and selling cars. Like, is it nice to have a partner who is always trying to better himself and who can support you to be an athlete? Oh, yeah, that's probably why we ended up together, I would say. How long have you guys been together for? Two years. Two years. He would have probably said like four years. His timelines are well and truly off. Yeah, COVID done me. Uh, it was six months of COVID. I'm like, it's been like three years. Like, so. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. I think it's hard to find partners, particularly when one person may be so driven, you know? Yep. It's like if one person's really driven and the other person is sitting there and it's like they feel like they're second best because – the other person is focusing on all the other things, but it's not that they mean that they're second best. It's just that they've got a lot of priorities on. Yeah. So I think that when both people are driven, it makes it a lot easier. And I think you um you get your own individuality as well. That's what I feel like. The best thing I loved about you know being with Lewis is that Monday to Friday, like you know, eight to five or six o'clock or seven o'clock, she's her own person doing her thing at work. I'm my own, but there's no like 400, phone, like you got those mates that get phone calls three times, four times from their missus. And you're like, what are you doing today? What the fuck what? are you guys talking about <laughs> for one on the phone? <laughs> yeah. And then what do you talk about when you get home? I'm, I don't even reply to text messages. <laughs> <laughs> Dana message me. We usually send one message in the morning. It's like, have a good day. And then sometimes I don't even reply. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's the best way to do it. Cause I'm like, I don't want to text her all day. If I'm at work, I want to be at work. And then like, if I message, I'm like, good morning. And sometimes she just will be like, send me a photo of like her walking. And I'm just like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do me. Yeah. Uh, what do you do for a cross, big fella? So I'm a builder. Uh, oh, so w when I got out of um, playing footy and finished up and all that stuff, I got in the special forces for a little bit, and then got really sick. Come out of that and decided I was like, "Mum's like army or navy." Uh, so into the commandos, I got started training. Two commando. Yeah, yep. but I wouldn't tell anyone that I was like did that specifically because I was or company. No, no. Well, yep. I, I got into training and then I ended up getting really, really sick, and it was in wasn't training. Actually, in in training, so that's why I was like, oh. Did you do Did you do selection? Did you pass it? Well, no, I was going midway through it, and then basically got sick, and then I was. Like, oh, you poor they, thing! They pretty much said to me, "I went for like they get you in every I think eighteen months or nineteen months." Yeah. And then because I got sick and I was in hospital for more than seventy two hours, they basically said you could come back in, you know, a year and a half, or yeah. you do a or completely you go different job. Reserves, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was just like, I was I was nineteen, so I was like devastated. I was like, no, nah, I'm out. So then I did selection at 28, but yeah, but I lied because I had a really bad hernia operation when I played football and, um, and then I had to go before like the board and they're like, are you kidding? You didn't think we would be able to find your medical records. It was pretty, like I had to go to Parramatta. Serious, yeah. That was really bad, man. Like yeah. I got in a lot of trouble and I was like, look, you know, 
I've all my friends have just gone to jail. I'm kind of at like my breaking point. I need to put my life together because I'm pretty lost here. And they had a fair bit of sympathy for me, but I was like, I couldn't. That's still. I couldn't apply yeah. for twelve months, and then I like my only way through was through reserves because I couldn't do direct entry. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense, but at the same time, like it's massively character building. But as soon as I come out, I, my mom's like, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I want to flip houses." So then I started a trade and then bought a house at 19 ended up giving that to mum, and then i've flipped a house another house since and all i want to do is flip properties but i want to evolve into then you know having multiple businesses which we've just bought a company that we're starting in newcastle which is pretty exciting awesome and what are you doing? you'll be stoked about it yeah, what is yeah. It? your old limbs will need the <laughs> <laughs> the sauna and the um the yeah. yeah oh fantastic yeah, yeah. it needs one here i know we don't it's crazy that one there's here. one here yeah well, well there is this be. is yeah. this is why we like the market here is crazy because you're new um nova castrian's love is being on the piss and working out and yeah. playing sport. Yeah. <laughs> Where about whereabouts is the space going to be at? King Street. In, right in town. See, that's fucking awesome because the cryo place is like at Gay Ted. It's across from Benny's gym, actually. But it's like, you don't really want to go to fucking Gay Ted. I, I haven't actually even been to Gateshead, so yeah, I, don't, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's like if you're heading to like, um, do you know where Hunter Sports High School is? No. I've, I've played there? there, but I haven't. Really okay. It's out of so, town. So if you go like past, like if you're coming, like, I have no sense. We know Meriwether. So <laughs> this is, I think, in, oh, okay. <laughs> in <laughs> Newcastle is like we looked at other properties around the area. and We're like, no, nah, we need to be in Newcastle City just because it's central. And it, I feel like if you're going to have a business like this, you want to be in the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but so 100 percent needs it. Mm, yeah. Hundred percent. So funny story how it all happened, right? Is it franchise or is it your own concept? Uh, uh, so it's a business that you, you tell um, It's called Cultivate Recovery. Yeah. Originally it was in Darlinghurst in Sydney and funnily enough they used to sponsor me when I played at Cronulla and I used to go in and do all my recovery there. Yeah. And I took Dane in one day on a Sunday after footy and he's like, oh my God, this place is amazing. Like I want to own one of these one day. And like he thought about making one in Wollongong and it just wasn't right. And they were, they kind of had, Wollongong kind of had maybe like one that was kind of like it, but not, not as good as Cultivate. Yeah, in yeah. limbo, but then it didn't end up even happening. Like, no. Yeah. Well, Mark Hunt was going to do one up here. Well, um, yeah. it's awesome. funny. Cause don't, don't do it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, he ended up doing one in Sydney. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Stay down Next there. to his gym, yeah. <laughs> 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 Sydney's got heaps of them, but Newcastle doesn't really, like, they've got, like, a cryo or, you know, there's a sauna studio or there's, like, you can get Normatex at one of the physio clinics, but, like, nothing with it all in the same spot. Yeah. Um, which is super exciting. And I love recovery myself as an athlete, but I also know how important it is coming back from injury perspective 100%. as a practitioner for people. Yeah. Um, so we just thought that Newcastle is like the perfect spot to have it. And so we bought it essentially. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And it we're pretty, moving it up here. Yeah. It's crazy. So like, we, I was wanted to like do something like that for so long, but it just never felt right. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on properties or something else. Like just do something like investment wise, but, know crypto all sorts of stuff like we can talk about that all day but it's just hopefully like, hopefully you didn't have any Luna. <laughs> i didn't have any Luna, so that's, that's all good <laughs> but it's just like yeah i was just like i wanted to do it and then we got tickets to go to europe and then the night before we were flying out g sent me a picture of them selling some stuff and i was like i get very questionable so i start querying it 
Next thing you know, they said, yeah, we're actually selling the business. Awesome well, they're people. selling all their items. Sorry, sorry, yeah, selling all the items actually. Okay, yeah, which yeah. is like the whole business and that, like yeah. all of their items separately, which would have been a nightmare to sell. Nightmare, and like they're the nicest people. They they're actually very very business smart. But just some things with like the building and just like they've other they're very driven too. So they're like going into their own little yep. field as well um, that they're doing themselves and they were selling each item and then i sort of just said well like do you want to just send me a list of what everything costs and then i saw the list and i was like oh it's not too bad and then i said can i come see it all and then i said what are you doing with the business name like all these like uh instagrams gmail like all these different things that are like your websites yeah. all just created like what are you doing with just it? just the now? whole brand essentially the yeah. whole brand and the business because yeah. they said they would just be shutting it down and i was like well that seems like a waste so i sort of just Talk to him about how I'd love to. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to own one of these. And I just said, well, let's just buy the whole thing. And like, let's keep it going. Let's evolve it. Let's turn it into the next sort of turn into the next Thanks. thing. Thanks, G. You like, because you're moving away from the mic. It's like cutting he's, in and he's out. He's getting excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting excited. So yeah. he's like, yeah, we, starts talking really loud when he's excited. Yeah, we, we saw the space the other day and I was telling G about it. And she's like, you're talking really loud. I was like, like, you must be excited. I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm like, this is sick. Like, I'm a builder. Like, I want to build this space to be something amazing. And then I want people to really come in and just feel good. Yeah. Like, it's all about, like, we can have the competitors on our street that have the exact same equipment, but they'll come to us because we're going to look after them. No, no, no. I'm saying they could. They could. Because we're like, I'm not worried about having competitors or other people having other things. Because at the end of the day, there's so many people that need People help. buy from people, bro. Before exactly. they buy from a product or a brand, people 100%. buy from people. Sales exactly. 101, yeah. So 100%. We, we just want the best vibe. Yeah, so you can just, come in and just hang out. Yeah. And so, make recovery great again. That's so what the slogan was. Make recovery content. great again? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what do we, so what do we have? Like infrared saunas two infrared saunas spot cryo uh hyperbaric chamber which is probably the biggest point of difference and then is it the actual lock one or is it the zip bag the lock like the proper yeah proper, oh, holy yeah, shit like the proper yeah like the expensive my old, one my old rattly bones need to get in there yeah, yeah that's, what, yeah. that's what i was like <laughs> um so it's it's really hard to get the hyperbaric chambers into australia apparently it takes six months to order one in that was before COVID. there's um so like two years now Shit. And yeah. I don't – I had a look around and I think maybe one place had a hyperbaric chamber, but I think it was the zip one and it was in a chiropractic place. Up so here? In Newcastle, yeah. Yeah. Or oh, the concept The concept has the zip bag hyperbaric uh, cha- chamber. Is that a gym? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that has the ice baths and the saunas and stuff like that. Yeah. It, they've got the facility and they've got the the stuff but it's just done very poorly and yeah. all the stuff's a bit old now so but in terms of like a, an actual like you know dedicated recovery um space Spot. is 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 definitely needed up here and it's crazy that no one else has done it yet that's what we thought as soon as we got here we're like well what's here because we're just curious 400 crossfit crossfit gyms 300 <laughs> jiu-jitsu gyms 700 globo gyms zero recovery i know it's yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah. and do you know what sense. even like when we moved here i was like do you know what i love about newcastle is you drive around everywhere and there's so many sport fields tennis courts netball courts footy fields, soccer fields. I'm like, there's so much sport here and still yet no recovery. Yeah. Well, playing at the nights, you've been a west of balance. Like, it's fucking shit. It, it is a bit you shit. Do, you do not want to get in those fucking plunge pools because there's fucking Band-Aids and not shit. Even, not even allowed well, to the get in the plunge is, pool. Well, that's only there. since COVID. Well, they I'd, left it just to the nights now for yeah. since COVID. Jay's like, oh, they've got plunge pools, all these things. I'm like, yeah, sweet, I'm going to join. They're like, oh, you can't use that. You, you can only said use- you're a player. Look <laughs> at you. Yeah. <laughs> 
just rocking he got a kid. cheap um cheap gym membership because he said he was my partner yeah <laughs> and all the girls who were working there were just like oh it's one of the girls partners yeah we're gonna make this happen you gotta get discount too and i was like i'll take it hey you should have just said you're playing i should have I should have. So bigger than them anyway. But yeah, <laughs> the Knights did just make a new centre of excellence, which has a... Just behind Broadmeadow McDonald's, right? Yep. Next to the stadium. Has yep. a hectic um, ice bath, pool, hydro, sauna in there now. But ha- like, ha- like, think about it, right? When you think about the NRL, you can't not think of the Knights. You can't think of, you not think of Joey, you know, Danny Badiris, Kirk Gidley, Tamanato. Like, you think of one of the greatest hardworking football teams in the NRL. How the fuck did they end up with, like, like it just blows my mind. I know, it's interesting. It's a funny, we kind of talk about this at the moment. And actually. then you would have been at Cronulla. Like, Cronulla has everything. Yeah. Mm. Like, it had, is the Fitness First still next door to it? Um, I don't think. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Had, had the old clubhouse been torn down when you? We, it was in the process of getting torn down. So we, tra- we trained at the junior, like, high school fields a bit further down. Okay. Oh, you, you keep cr- driving cr- straight. Cr- Cronulla, Cronulla Carrying Bar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. So we train there. So my my so where Shark Park is directly across the other side of the road. That's my home club. Oh yes, yes, yes. The Isle Football Club. Yeah. I do love. I love Cronulla. Like yep. next after Newcastle, I really like Cronulla. Yeah. Shark yeah. Park is the best place to play football. Oh, it was always my favourite. So, even so cold. <laughs> it was. Do you know my first so game cold. at Shark Park? It was like raining and um, windy as. So I remember like my first like ever yeah. my debut. <laughs> it was a great game though. Mate, great, great, one of the best, like, great, like, um, I guess one of the best local grounds that has transformed itself into somewhat of a stadium. Yeah. I think they've done it really well. Like, you go to Manly and, like, you, there's still the same seats from, like, <laughs> 400 years ago. Oh, my God. Brookie, yeah. Um, but, yes, back to, like, Cronulla Knights um, and, like, the club and the values. It's fun- funnily enough, like, I loved the club and I love the Knights because – they represent what I am as a player, like what the core values are of the Knights, like hardworking, resilient, tough, can like put a shot on. You don't want to come to Newcastle to play me kind of thing. That's me. Like that is me to a T. Yeah. To like to go away from that style almost to like the, I don't know, I feel like the boys might have it almost too good, you know what I mean? Like it's, they kind of forget, I guess, compared to the women, we all have to work and, you know, we have footy after work. Um, Two-part question here for you, G. The first one is, in terms of, like, shark, your first experience with the Sharks, then at the Dragons and now Newcastle, how much has it evolved in terms of, or what club has done it the best in terms of giving you the, when you walk through the door, what that club's ethos is, what it means to wear that jersey, Obviously, you know, in terms of sharks, like no one else would have worn that number before you. But, like, I guess in terms of that number through the traditions of the club, who's done the onboarding the best out of the three? And have you seen it progress over as the NRLW has grown? It's hard to say because sharks is only Harvey Norman. It's not got a professional team yet. But I feel like sharks, sharks, uh, sharks, uh, yeah. culture was probably the best culture. They bred hard workers and they like our club was notorious for girls not wanting to come because they knew how hard our preseason was. Yeah. 
And I remember going to my first Sharks training and being like, these girls are like Wanda me. Wanda Sandhills? Oh, we we have done a few of them. <laughs> Cut the piggybacks up the Mexican. Uh, well, I used to train with um, Justin Lang at Live Athletic and we'd Lange, run yeah. Sandhills twice a week. I would say I was the fittest I've ever been running Sandhills, to be honest. Did you ever did you ever meet Matt Healy? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. was a good mate of mine. He bro- I remember him breaking his finger. finger yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd run sand hills too. I got up to the twenty Mexican sand hills on the two minute on the, yeah, two minute. But it was like a killer. That's Fuck. where Rob trains as well. Yeah, and honestly, there's nothing worse than sand hill fitness. Nothing. That was that was my preseason every year. <laughs> there's I can't compare it to any other fitness like no, the nothing. the lactic burn. Yeah, and like trying to walk down the hill after you've like. And you're just like locking your legs out because you're scared that you know, your knees are going to fall off. Yeah, like. you're just sinking. Yeah. <laughs> Every step's hard. No, like you're extending your legs because you if you ex- bend them too much, you'll fall over. Fall over, <laughs> yeah, because the lactic acid's so bad. Yeah. And I like, I, you just, you get to a point. It was nice because you'd be able to, it's, you know, summer, you'd be able to go for a swim afterwards or, you know, whatever else. But oh, you just, by the end of it, you're like, I just cannot wait to get on the field. I'm fucking so <laughs> over this fucking sand. I'm so done with it. And you'd always be heavier. You'd still be out fucking partying and bending and whatever else. But then you're just like, come on, get me on the field, man. I cannot run these fucking Mexicans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you're true. I, like it does. It makes you it makes so, it so resilient. And I kind of oddly enjoyed the sand hills just because it was a mind game, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a <laughs> mental fuck, to be honest. Like, you're like, oh, the sand hills. Like, you dread them. But then, like, once you finish them, you feel so accomplished. Yeah. Um, but back to the question, it's like, I think sharks attracted the people that were the resilient hard workers. And so, like, at fitness, everyone's pushing each other. And then I found that at nights, um, I can't, I'm kind of going back to dragons. Dragons will come back, but nights... Like I was more of the one that was probably pushing it the most. Like I was probably like the second or third fittest player there and I'm a second rower. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the back should be beating me. 100%. So the fact that I was winning or coming like in the top three of the fitness shows like the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Benny would have loved that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think that Benny appreciates hardworking players. And the difference with Dragons is we had we definitely had players like that. Like we had some of the greats like Kezi Apps who's an absolute weapon, like works so hard and she's probably someone whose work rate like that I aspire to be like and yeah. that's probably one of the other second rowers that's like that. And then Sammy Bremner, the fullback, she's just been around the game for a really long time and she bought that Savage. as well. So they're just yeah. girls that I guess leaders that um, – train like they play and you know that people that train like they play like that you can respect them yeah 100 percent. um yeah and i guess the like with the knights it was so hard to watch especially for me just obviously because i'd kind of you know a somewhat involvement with it because of benny and it was just like fuck, what's going on here like mm. it was a very 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 hard thing to watch what was it like as a player Playing in a team, where, well, playing in a team. Well, obviously, the Parramatta game, like it was freaky. F- first field goal in the NRLW. I like, know we should have won. To yeah. be honest, I thought we'd won. Like I was like, we scored our last. Phoebe scored our our front row. I scored our last try, and I was like thinking to myself, yes, we've got this in the bag. And then when we're down at our end, and I was like, oh shit, it's like the last thirty seconds. And I see Maddie at the back, and it was just like, it's happening. Oh shit! It just happened. She just got the field goal. Well, even <laughs> like it just like the came out screaming. Of I was like, "Field goal! Field goal! Get ready!" And everyone after the game, I, I just think them, they're just it, like, 
It's never happened before. Well, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. the one thing that stood out for me in that game was actually Frez taking it and throwing that cutout ball. Yes. Which, to me, she, that's the quality of player that she is. She's confident enough to take the, uh, I guess, the opportunity to make something happen with the 50-50, which that was a touch and go. Like, that could have been oh, 100%. A tr- a, a, an 80-metre try to win the game. Yeah. Do you know yeah. if there was a, a like... If there was another winger on that, there's a possibility we could have gotten that full field try. Yep. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, it was on. She made the right decision. And it's, there was only 20 seconds to go or whatever it was. So I was like, let's just try it. Yeah. Um, and even that game, like, we defensively played really well. and like It was I, a fucking great game of football. I think watch, that's man. what everyone said to yep. me after the game is yep. like, they've watched all of the games and the Parramatta and the Knights game was the best game they watched all day yeah at least and that's what that's what it's about you know in the nrw it's putting on performances like that so people want to watch us yep um and at the end of the day we are trying to be a product and we are trying to um bring in audiences so we need to have games like that 100 percent. now without being obviously you know too controversial or anything like that what do you feel was the biggest break because like for me like a, a football team is a reflection one of its leaders whether it be in the clubhouse, coaching staff, captains, etc., and then also, I guess, your football team. From one to seventeen, everyone needs to be on the same page and be doing the same thing. What was the biggest breakdown in your football team, from your perspective, that led to the results that you guys end up having? I think a part of it was the fact that we lost Blake Green just in the lead up to like the next preseason like so we've done a full preseason with Blake yeah and then he's um obviously his goal is probably to be an NRL coach one day I'm not sure exactly but he got the job to teach the or to coach the spine for the boys and so fair enough but I feel as though that was where it all unraveled from then to be honest why mm, I think because we all had like so much respect for him and the way that he coached and he also had a I suppose a really good cultural understanding of how obviously half our team was Kiwi girls and he'd played for the Warriors so he's got a very good understanding of what the girls are like yeah obviously being very different to our upbringing and how our I guess coaches coach us compared to what like Kiwi coaches coach them and I think because he was aware of that he could kind of get through to them as well um, so I think that that was probably a big part of it was like conveying messages to girls so that we could all be on the same page was just lost. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Like just, I guess, you know, two different cultures, but one person's ability to, to send a message versus another can be, I guess, the catastrophic destruction of a team. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just think that was a part of it for sure. It's it's hard to say because you know what every game except for the Dragons game which I wasn't playing, um, we were in every game. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's not like the drag, but the Dragons game like no CJ, no you, no like, Frez. No she Frez. Got put out in the first like three minutes. Yeah. So they lost like a fair few of their starters. Yeah. Um, how how big of a loss was losing Caitlin in the first game? It was. It was a big loss, but we also have like some of the Kiwi Ferns front rowers. It's not like we didn't have the depth in our front row. Yeah. CJ brings like uh, so much aggression and so much go forward in the middle. 
and we do need someone like her out there. But we did also have very experienced front rowers as well. So it wasn't like we didn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like we didn't have that depth there. Um, but back to like playing for Newcastle and someone who's, well, she's a local girl, right? Yeah. Someone who wants to, knows what the jersey means to the town, wants to play for the jersey. You know, you'd like to say Paul Harrigan was probably a hero of hers. So it's like, you know, you, you yeah, you replaced, she gets replaced by very, very experienced players, but yes, it's do, true. Do they play with the same, no, same attitude? Yeah. No, uh, to be honest, CJ is someone that you don't want to be running against. So I'm glad <laughs> she's on my team, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> she's the kind of girl that I wouldn't yeah. want to be running she's, at. She's playing well. She's yeah. really fucking good. I, I, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I'm excited for her to just have an injury-free season. Yeah, she has great energy. She does. She's out there. She's she is a there legend, like and she yeah. trains hard too. Like she tra- for a big front rower, she trains hard. Yeah. Um. She always. She used to be a half when she was younger. <laughs> she always tells me, but she always sends these like bullet balls at me. I'm like, hey. Slow down there, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's always those front rowers, second rowers, where we'd be like, yeah, we used to be halves. And like, think Mate, I've played a lot of my junior footy at 5'8", and yeah. people are in there, how do you ever play 5'8"? You're a fucking monster. <laughs> but she's got good ball skills, but she does throw bullet passes at you sometimes. Um, but, yeah, we did. I guess we did really lack that when she, when she left. Even though she is quite young, she did bring that lead by actions on the field, you know? Yeah. Um, as well as she has a strong cultural identity, and I think that that – relates to the Kiwi girls as well, even though it is Indigenous in the sense of Aboriginal compared to, yep. like, the Maori girls. But I feel like they respected that. 100%. Yeah, because so. she's proud of Wabaka girl. Yes. Yeah, very, very proud. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it was, as I said, it was it was tough because on paper you guys were, were great. Um, and your performances, as I said, like, that Parramatta game was probably one of the best game of footy I've ever seen. And, like, you know, the standout thing for me, I said this to Benny when we had a chat, was, like, watching someone like, like Jamie throw that ball in the in those moments. And as you said, like, if there's a different person catching that ball, could it be a different story 110%? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like, as I, as I, you know, what I was saying about Mel earlier was, like, you know, if you put Howie into that team – how different does it look? Yeah. In terms of field position with kicking, in terms of you know, goals, etc. Like, I think those little one percenters, with especially with kicking in, in in rugby league, is so big, especially in in the in the women's game because the wrestling hasn't dominated the women's game yet. No, not yet. So it's still so it's so, very eighties, uh, nineties. Yeah, footy. and it's that's why I love it because <laughs> that's, that's the football that I grew up so watching. Much. Yeah, because yeah. I'm old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, it's like. Like that could have, if we had a more of a dominant um, kicking half. In saying that, Poco, who is playing thirteen, does have a big boot on her. So it's not like we didn't have it on the field because we did. It's just that she was in a role that was different to what she's used to. So she's a she's a half, but they put her in as a thirteen. So she was a bit frazzled, making all. You know, if you've never played in the middle, you don't know what it's like making that many tackles. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. So it's all you got to be smart. She was she was playing out of position in like how she did. It. Like her job, like she tried her best, but she's never had to make that many tackles, and 100%. then and then had to think about what she's doing after that. So it was like there was a few girls out of position. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if you're at the highest stage at that point and you're out of position, it's a, it is a hard task to play yeah. really well. I think the hardest thing as well to watch was like back to the other thing with the clubs is Newcastle. As soon as we got here, 
G just would not stop talking about how amazing they are with how passionate they are. Yeah. The whole town gets around them. But then as soon as she got there, like everything, every training session or every ceremony they did, it was just so passionate. Yeah. Everything with Newcastle is so passionate about being a knight. Well, so f- that's why it was so hard to sort of watch how the season went. Well, as you know, going through the Dragon system, like yeah. it's it's pretty similar. Like like I feel like Wollongong and Newcastle are very, very similar towns. Yeah, blue collar, yeah. steel cities or... Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. and you can actually see the vibe of the town. Like you walk through like Hunter Street Mall after the Knights have won and there is an energy on a Monday or a Tuesday walking down the mall. Or walk, or doing the or doing a Merryweather walk or whatever else. Like there is a buzz and an energy about the town when the team wins. Hundred percent. And when it loses, it's the exact same at the polar opposite end. Mm. Yeah. It, it's it really is the heart and soul of this of this town. And and a, a lot of people get so frustrated with I guess your KPs and stuff like that because you pay so much money for a for a star quality player who isn't I guess living up to and Andrew John's expectations or something like mm. that. I feel like no one's going to ever be an Andrew John. <laughs> yeah, it's like one in a million. Yeah, he's yeah. the goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the eighth. He's, he's an immortal to everyone. So. He's the eighth, yeah. 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 Do you know what's funny is, I keep, Dan's had this story a few times now, but in the first year that we won, like the Knights won the premiership, the coach was actually my great uncle, which I did not know. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so Malcolm. What, 97? Yeah. Yep. I yep. think it was 97. 97 no. or 98, one of them. 97. 97. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Reilly. Um, yeah, so he is like my grandpa's brother. So you're destined to play here. Yeah. Which I found crazy. I didn't <laughs> even know. I, didn't, I was talking to my mum and she's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was like with the Knights like coaching. And I looked at it I was like, holy shit, the year that they actually won, he was the coach. Yeah. And I just thought it's, it's kind of funny. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be here then, you know. Yeah, because that was, that was Super League, I think. Mm. You're yeah, a sibling, yeah. And um, I think that when you look back, and we've spoken to um, a few of the Ash Gordon, one of the first Newcastle Knights, and this is one of the things that they always talk about at the Knights is be the player that you want to be uh, play with. So, um, you know, that's what I think in trying to like live for myself is like be the player that I'd want to play next to. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to play next to the person that's going to work as hard as they can to get there, do the effort plays. I always say I'm not that skillful, but I will always make the effort, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I guess from your perspective, big fella, what's it um, What's it like as a, as a partner who, you know, your partner puts in the work and, you know, come Saturday night or Sunday or Monday after, you know, a, a loss, what's it like at home for you guys? Because you obviously know what it's like to lose a game of footy. Yeah, I know. I know what it's like to lose on a game, but I know how much it hits G. Like, obviously, she's so passionate about everything she does. Yeah. Um, there has been multiple nights where she's had a few, like you know, concussion or say like a, just a real like first like game I watched her play. She was literally just laying there, and I pretty much just fed her. I'm like, don't touch me. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I'm just so laying. sore. <laughs> Everything's like, yeah. so I hadn't played in like seven months. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sort of used to how she is after the game. Obviously, a loss is never good. Yep. But I, I think just like watching her play, and like even if they do lose, it is what it is. But like me watching her walk off the field happy 
with how she played is all that matters to me. Okay. Because in the day, it's like everyone always like makes jokes about me being a wag or something like that. But <laughs> I always like, make those jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. She can, she can have those. Like it's fine. But it's one of those things where like people always go, "Do you want to get back in the field?" And I'm like, I'm just so competitive and want to do different things over here. And I just love seeing her chasing her dream. Yeah. And I still think like I tell her every single chance I get, I think she's going to be one of the most influential women in. Rugby league, sure it is. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, but it's just like there's so many things that you're she's part of the gra- grassroots, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's that's why we do it. Yeah, I don't do it to get paid minimum contract. Do you know what I mean? So we just don't. <laughs> I don't, don't get paid. You know, I don't get paid. I don't like play. Like you're marrying a builder <laughs> and an you entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Like the money's not that good. You know, so it's like I could earn a lot more money being an osteo. It's not about the money. It's yeah. about the fact that one day these girls that are coming through seen us and they're like, oh, I want to be able to do that, and they will be able to be a professional athlete. It is, yeah. it is a beautiful thing, man. Like um, I was at the Dragons game at Newcastle and um, watching you guys, come, like when the girls walked off the field, even though that was a, a pretty bad loss. Like to see the young girls wanting to get photos with the team, like uh, whether it was yourself or even with um, CJ, like just in, in your dress stuff. Yeah, in uh, our um, yeah. suits. Suits, yeah, in Bowl of Fruits. And then, um, yeah, f- like Fres and stuff, you see the young girls wanting to get photos. Like for me, that's the sort of stuff that hits me as well. There's like, no, 100%. no better feeling than yeah. seeing 100%. some girl just like get excited about just seeing what she does. Yeah. And they bring up their little that. footballs and she's yeah. like, oh, I'm a second row too. Oh my gosh, look at the size of your quads. Oh, and legs like that. Like, do you know what? That <laughs> it's funny, but like girls are so used to being like seeing that skinny thing and they are to see athletes. They're like, I want to be like that athlete. I'm like, that is exactly why I play football. Yeah. And I think the first, like when we played against Eels, I think Dane said, this is the happiest I've ever seen you after a game. I was so stoked. I was like, even though we lost, we had the cracker of a game. Uh, Titans. And then all the, game. all the girls, um, little girls with like their little footies and their jerseys wanting to get our signatures after the game. I was like, this is why I play footy, you know. Yeah. And especially, do you know what else I love about Mac Jones Stadium? Newcastle, Newcastle. <laughs> that was epic. <laughs> yeah. I always do that. I'm like, we're at Mac Jones, Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, she loves the chant. No, I think, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I just think it's one. It's it's just so powerful that it's just like, yes, they're not getting the same respect that say the guys are just yet. Like, they are slowly evolving, and the 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 fact that every game they're going out there, they're showing people how talented these young girls are, how capable they are. And it actually is like I find women's football more entertaining than the guys. 100%. I genuinely do. Just and because it's not it is I'm like biased. that big, that is like that nineties footy, you know, like yeah. the big hits, and it's a bit more exciting like that. Well, that's so the football I grew up watching, man. You know what I mean? Like my my idol, my idol was Brad Fittler, and yeah, like <laughs> same. And I was so lucky, like you know, um, I had Wayne Beavis as a manager, and I got to meet Freddie a heap of times, and it was, I don't know, like watching all like. You know, the Tim Brashes, the Laurie Dalys, the Brad Clydes, like watching all the like the the Parramatta, the Canberra era, and then you know, the Bulldogs era with Terry Lamb, and then you know the dominating Broncos, Alan Langer, Karen, um, Kevy Walters, Glenn Lazarus, like that footy to me, like. But I still remember watching, like I still remember watching Peter Sterling, <laughs> like as a as a kid. You know what I mean? Like watching City Country, that too. Like, like, how the fuck is the male game lost City Country? I feel like it should be around. It's it, kind of a fun, especially like I used to love it. Everyone yeah. gets around being like where they're from. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, I guess that's what's cool about the women. They still have that. Yeah. They had it literally yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> well, Frez and Mel both played in that team, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I love the women's game because of that. And that's what I said to Howie too. Because I trained at Pinpoint for a little bit. And that's how I met Mel and Liv Higgins. And um, I was like, I love the girls game because it's so open. Yeah, it's that's open. what's exciting, and that's backs are backs, forwards are forwards. Yeah. You know, like it's it's fun to watch, and I think that that's what is kind of they've put they've had like six. I don't know how many bids they had, but the NRLW team bids this year. They were supposed to only release two teams, but they had that many bids by other clubs that they might put four in, and it's like. There's the whole idea that maybe it's too quick to start that because, you know, in the next two, three years, there'll be girls that are 17 now that will be of age and they're the young girls playing. But it shows how exciting and how many clubs are like, oh, we need a club now. Yeah. Because people love it. Yeah. How, how much support do you guys get from the PA? The PA? NRLPA. Uh, oh, the RLPA? The RLPA, yeah. Um, yeah, a fair amount of support, I would say. Yeah. Like... You know, they offer $3,000 education grants where they pay 80% of your, if you're doing education stuff for yourself, um, they'll pay 80% of that back. Yep. So I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Yep. Um, they are often in contract negotiations with the NRL in regards to like what our contracts look like. So they've changed this year compared to what they were in 2021 and 2020, in 2020. Um, so I is, feel like they definitely do a fair bit. Is... Um I was going to ask you in terms of because obviously like with the NRL you have you know training players you have development players and you have full squad players. Yep. Is it similar with the NRL? Twenty four contracts and then uh, Six four, devs or four devs four developments. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so this year, the twenty twenty one season, now we have a three hundred and fifty k salary cap, which we didn't have that before, okay. and you can sign multi year deals. And is the minimum still 18 for a girl to play? Minimum like, is 10, and last year was 8. Oh, no, I'm ter- ter- in terms of age. Ah, uh, yes. Age. So I think to, that you, you can 18? get approved possibly 17 in like nine months or something. Okay, okay. Have you got contracts coming up, or have you done them November? Um. So the 22nd of May is when all our contracts are supposed to be done. Okay, because you guys doing a second season this year, eh? Yep. At the end, for to make up for the year before, we should start. I think in the middle of July. How like how much involvement with the Knights do you still have now? Now that you're out of season, do you still train with them weekly? Well, we're in Harvey Norman season now, so oh Harvey, oh, sorry, you got Harvey Norman, yeah, 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 yeah. So just back training, like reserve grade, if you will. What's the What's the level of difference? Um, well, a fair chunk of the girls are NRLW players, so it's not. Too bad, or like in training, or is in like in competition term, wise. Well, in terms of like you've gone from you get the the team suits, you obviously you know a part of that night system. When you go back and play like in Harvey Norman, do you lose a lot of that? Like I guess the I guess professionalism, the professionalism, yeah, um, and the quality of coaching. So we're gonna our coach for the Harveys is gonna be our NRLW coach this year. Okay, and I would say he's. A high quality coach, so not really. Can you say who it is? Ronnie Griffiths. 
Okay. Ronald Griffiths. <laughs> <laughs> I don't call him Ronald. <laughs> Ronald Griffiths. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Which I really, I'm enjoying his coaching style. He's, um, I love when coaches break down like a little skill before training and you kind of have that little skill to say even footwork on the line, like turn um, out foot, outside foot up, come up, hit off the line straight. You know what I mean? Like little stuff like that that, I mean, a lot of coaches don't really go over that. Um, and he does that with every training session, whether it's like passing or defensive stuff. And then we'll go into the bigger skill, uh, the bigger like learning objective, I guess, in that training session. So I kind of like that. Yeah. I think the biggest problem when a coach is like, say, an 18s, like, or like Harold Matt's coach or something, and then they come over to coach women's. They don't realise that, like, those little skills have been taught to us since we were, like, six. Yeah, yeah. But then they come over and there's still some girls that are just getting in the game that are going to be awesome players, but they need to be taught certain things. And some of them sort of skim over things. Well, that was the the conversation I was having with Mel on our podcast was I started playing rugby league when I was five years old. You know, my first touch of a rugby league ball, I ran the opposite way and put the ball down in my own trial line. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Go me. Um, and it is, it's so true. Like just those little things that you develop from, you know, the age of six up until 11s, 12s, you know, before. Because what age do you start having the markers, the two markers? I think it's 12s. I think it's, yeah, 11 or 12. 12s, yeah. yeah. And that was when, 12s was when the girls stopped playing originally. Like only, you know what I mean? Like girls could play up to 12 and then they're like, all right, see ya. And it was rare to see a girl. Anymore. I think you know I played mean? against Very two girls rare. when I was younger. Like I, I looked like a girl. <laughs> I had long blonde hair through like most of my, my junior stuff. Funny thing was, <laughs> one of the girls we played against when we were like six was the best player on both teams. That's insane. And because girls are more coordinated at that age. It's just until about 12 to 16 it swaps. Physical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get that gross bird either. Um and then I guess in terms of this is one thing I really wanted to ask you as a player and probably the wrong player to ask is the expectations from so like fitness and stuff like that and playing the full 80 minutes. Do you think that a lot of the coaches that do come through that do you know coach Harold Matthews or SG Ball or Flake or something like that, do you think the rate in which they push you like they would push young men and men, do you think it's probably too hard? I know I'm asking you, the, this is the wrong person to ask this, but like, <laughs> do you th- do you think that it is a bit too intense? Do you think there is, because you guys are obviously, you know, learning as you're going along with this journey. Yeah. Um, do you feel like the expectation and what's been put on to you from, say, framework that's been passed down from years and years and years and years with young men, do you think it's, a bit too much for not so to yourself like the whole team like you reckon there's you know people who probably could not be pushed that hard that early in terms of the training i think the problem is is girls training age like how long have they been like in the gym how long have they been at pre-seasons or playing footy because a lot of the girls um i guess as a practitioner i see everyone break in pre-season because they just don't have the load in their, the load or capacity in their limbs just because they haven't built that up over time. So it's like, you got to look at everyone's training age and then almost we need a longer pre-season, but we don't to then like go along and have a look at everyone else's different capabilities and capacities so that people don't come out with injuries. And I guess as well, the mindsets are slightly different different girls just haven't gone i guess girls don't know how to go into that dark place of fitness 
you know, and that's going to come along with time. And I find that some players have it, but then other players just don't have it. And it's just, it can be taught in a sense, but it's still in early stages in our profession, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So like. Because that, that's like, mm. I think you, you've given a very, very valid response because you're looking at it one from an osteo perspective in terms of injury and breakdown. And then you're also looking at from a pure athlete perspective. But I think training age is probably the best thing that sums that up because if you've been an athlete since you were in primary school, you've wanted to, you've done everything at an athletics carnival, you've gone and played basketball, you played soccer, you've done this, you've done that. Like you, by the time you get to like that professionalism, yeah, you probably haven't trained that hard, but you've kind of got some sort of jevity over time. That have built up in mm. your muscles and, and your I bones. Think America, I think your own training. You're probably I think America, own, to be honest. I was gonna that's say, I think what changed me. Your yeah. own training is probably harder than any person I know. Like her own savagery. I see myself. <laughs> I see myself yeah. and I look at what the men can do and I think I'm going to be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like all the girls look at me do a 20 kilo. Like I'll do pull-ups and I put the 20 kilo weight on. The girls look at me and they're like, holy shit. Like what have you been doing? I'm like... I look at what guys do and I'll be like, that's what I'll be doing. You know what I mean? Like I compare myself to male athletes in rugby league and think I need to be training like that. She's looking at Mitch Barnett going, well, yeah. <laughs> maybe I need to chuck a cheek. Yeah. What's just <laughs> ex- expectations really? Yeah. Like she'll go in there and she'll be like, well, I should be able to do that. I'm a professional athlete. So she's like, I'm going to treat myself as a professional exactly. athlete. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to go in there and, you know, just because I'm a girl means I only do this. She's I only do power that. clean and 120 for 10 reps. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think because I, I was told that when I was younger, it's like, you're a girl, you should be doing this. And I think to myself, well, I'll prove you that I can be as strong as like I can. And I can be, obviously there's limits in what, a woman can do to what a man can do in lifting and et cetera, et cetera. But I think pure work capacity, like you just say, if you were to get a, like fittest man, fittest woman, you just did like, have you ever done the Miko triangle before? No. Okay. So it's five rounds, 20 cal, it's, a, it's an EMOM. So it's five rounds, 20 cal bike, 20 cal ski, 20 cal row rest the, uh, the fourth minute, five rounds of that. That sounds horrible. But if you were to like, <laughs> if you were to say, go right, take Georgia and take, I don't know, KP and go right, Miko Triangle, whoever drops like a, a beep test, whoever drops last, like, <laughs> you think you'd have him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his work rate's like at training. I've never seen him like train. But I think that pure, just pure like aerobic capacity, mm. I, I think that's where, like, I'd, you'd, like even just doing CrossFit for so long, like girls, are, I think girls have the ability to hurt a lot harder than what guys can. I think uh, often as well, girls actually can, it's been proven girls have like a longer aerobic capacity, whether that's because of our fat storages and how we utilise um, what um, nutrients we use as energy. Yeah, I don't know exactly the science behind that, but I, I feel like that actually is scientifically proven that women can go for, like we're built for endurance. Do you like the assault bike? I actually really love this old bike. I've, I bought one. I've got yeah. one downstairs. We bought one in <laughs> Yeah. What have you, you got? The assault? Have you got Rogue? No, I actually have like this Japanese style looking. Don't it's got like lights on the thing when you. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a casino. I got I got the Rogue Echo bike. Oh, that's sick. And it's and people it's, always think I'm crazy and they're like, "You bought an assault bike?" I'm like, "Yeah." Mate, I fucking <laughs> I burn that thing out every, every like because 
I did a lot of CrossFit training with like Khan and stuff, like Khan Porter and stuff like that. So, like, I'll send you some sick workouts on the bike. I love the bike because yeah. I had so many lower limb injuries that I found if I ran for too long, it flares up my Achilles yeah. and shit. So I'd, I'd use the bike as my off-feet conditioning. 100%. And it's just, it's just your, like, this is what I say to people. I'm like, oh, I'm shit at it. And I said, dude. Stop you, being a little bitch. You've... <laughs> It's not like a. It's not like a. It's not like a jerk. It's not like you. You got 150 kilos on your weights and you got to jerk it over your head. Yeah. There's a number there. You got to hit the number for the amount of time that's on there. You either do it or you don't fucking do it. Yeah. That's just it. That's the full stop with that thing. But it's that. It's the idea of being able to go into that dark place, close your eyes, and just keep motoring on. Do you know what? people can't get into that? Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's the difference, I suppose, between the freak CrossFit athletes and then the ones that don't make it you know what i mean like the ones that can just go into a dark place and keep going yeah 100 percent. but then you're you're throwing different modalities like if you're you know on of a bike on a bike with you know a strict handstand push-up with and the gymnastics yeah yeah like it's it's completely like that like that sport mesmerized me in terms of i watched it and i did it and because i came from a football background i was pretty fit like i was doing like sprint triathlons when i first started crossfit 2012 or 13 like oh you're gonna be really good at this you're gonna be really good at this and then you had handstand push-ups and And then i'm like man i had to have like four (laughs) blocks i was so scared to go upside down how'd you go because i'm 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 getting into crossfit i'm gonna join because jay's like you should do it should do it so i'm like yeah i'm keen i want to jump in there i'm gonna say to you do jujitsu i'm six six and i told him he's good at jujitsu too because he's got really long legs so he can put people in body triangles let let me (laughs) let, let me tell you this all right crossfit is a small man sport. Oh my gosh, we were this just talking about, about this. Okay, you look. You look at. All right, you look at. It's say, five eleven is the average height of so you look at like, professional crossfitter. You look at like. Um, <laughs> you look at like Jason Kalipa, Rich Froning, Fraser, Badir, like Justin Vidiris, whatever his name is, Vidiris. They're getting fucking shorter, dude. It's just shorter distance traveled. Yeah. Like I was saying the other day, it's like, you know, don't like if it's a row or like fine if it's a bike. Fine if it's something heavy, probably fine if it's not like large amount of volume. Yeah, but it's like you know, come into the gymnastic you, style part and the oh mate, just fucking doing thrusters. Yeah, like you do Fran with someone who's half your size and they, they smash you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just it's just distance travelled. Like if you've got femurs that are this much shorter than someone else's, then oh exactly, we talked about this. Exactly, yeah, get, get on a we bar when your talked about like this. Exactly, the someone, oh, just, it fucking sucks. Well, yeah. like, but there's but, that there's that. Oh, what's his name? AJ or something. AJ. We found the one, and he's guy like that was six, six five. Yeah. He's six five, oh, and he's really? like, yeah, he's yeah. in. He went to the games well, and stuff. Brent, Brent Fikowski's pretty tall. Yeah, um, you can do it, but Chad, it's not. Um, Chad McKay was a freak. Like, not physiologically like equal no. for you. <laughs> no, it's not. Like that's what I'm saying. Jiu-jitsu is like long limbs is so good for jiu-jitsu. I know. Yeah. I say this to him all the I, time. I've done jiu-jitsu a few times, and I was just like, I'm, I'm I froth that. I come like home. Jones. I was Craig Jones buzzing. long like, limbs. Yeah. Oh. I, I did it a few times. I've I got buzzing, Craig shorts. Man. Fuck you, Craig Jones. Hashtag. <laughs> 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 it was just like right as it happened. Some things happened and it sort of pulled me away for dude. Come train at Ronan, so especially uh, Wednesday nights. Wednesday yeah. nights, Wednesday nights wrestling night. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, um, but um, yeah, dude, hundred. I'll, like, I'll, I'll come in for sure. Yeah, Just so five five thirty. Five, yeah. Well, five thirty every day. Yeah, um, and then Saturdays, I think open mats like eight o'clock or something like that. But 
Yeah, Monday and Wednesdays I normally go to. 100%. It'd be cool to learn. Like, I really want to get into it and just, like, learn as much as I can. And it's but the it's closest like, thing that emulates football, dude. 100%. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing that makes you fitter than doing jiu-jitsu. You're, you're an individual that in a team. Hills. Yeah. That and sand hills. I think that's the thing that Jay loves, right? Like, <laughs> jiu-jitsu like, and sand hills. Yeah, she's like, I love the fact that you can be in a team and it's, like, a great sort of environment environment but at the same time when you jiu-jitsu it's just you against you if you don't make that wrong move then that's on you yeah. you know yeah then yeah. it's like you don't have to worry about anyone else messing up or you messing up and affecting anyone else you just think about yourself and it's great for life too growing yeah. as a person in life I feel like very um since I started jiu-jitsu my well okay I was a very very angry I I fought all the time like I just didn't take shit from people and you know happy to throw hands but I like when I started doing jujitsu and I got like a year into it, I realized that I was just a scared little boy. When you're fearful, you have to kind of be the aggressor. Mm. But, and like, you know, I'd walk into rooms and analyze them who's where, what's doing what. You sound a lot like someone that I know. So <laughs> exactly the same. And when, All right. where I'm still, where <laughs> am I'm I right? Where I'm still, right. Where I'm still kind of like yeah. that in social situations, like I like to. I like to analyse the room, profile the room, just because that's just the way I've grown up. Then's yeah. exactly the same. And then, but now, like, I've, after doing jiu-jitsu and, like, MMA, like, I, I don't do it as much because, I don't know, like, the thing of... Just feels like a release. You, you don't feel that pressure. I think it's more so to do with, I know what my own capabilities yeah. are. Yeah. And then it's also to do with when you are with another human being and you're only out from dying is that and you've got the trust that they're going to do that. Like you kind of have this. It's quite surreal when you tell me Well, you like become more trustful. human. <laughs> trustful, you yeah. do. You really do. Well, you, you have to be in vulnerable situations constantly. Yeah. I and think I feel like people fight that so hard yeah. to be vulnerable at all. It's also like being, well, there's, I don't know the exact quote, but being the baddest man in the room, like being the baddest motherfucker in the room and then really not having to use that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. um, Jordan what, Jocko, Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, he's a black belt and he would- Jocko's a savage. Yeah, yeah, and he'd obviously <laughs> prefer not to use it, but he already knows that he could kill you in that yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guy's a fucking Navy SEAL commander. Like, yeah. he's a savage. And, but going into a room and knowing how bad that you could hurt someone, but never having to use that. or like, Choosing not to use Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, I can't get the exact quote. I remember Jordan Peterson said it, but he sort of said like the the real like definition of a man is like when you can be the baddest motherfucker, but then control it yeah. instead of being someone that just can't control themselves. Yeah, yeah, butchered it completely. But yeah, like that, you know that. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And it's it's so true. And I don't know. You get more. I don't know. I don't know whether it's just because I got older. Like I'm getting older, but like you become more. I don't know. Empathetic and trusting and it's all you hear humble. when you listen to yeah. Joe Rogan he, yeah. he loves it and he just says the exact same things yeah. it's like yeah got to do it have to just because like you, you become know, very humble when you grow up in you do extra very humble extra sort of like over masculine environments with like you know certain characters in your life that are intense uh, I think you you are and and a scared little boy as you grow up and you sort of don't get out of that until you find that yeah sort of outlet 100% yeah I will mate you know like I 100% can say that you know I look back on it now and I'm like I was just a scared little boy you know you especially like when you play sport you're constantly judged all the time you got to be better than the next person 
you're fighting for a spot in a team. You're you're fighting for the focus of your parents. You're focusing like you're fighting for like for everything in life. That everything becomes a fight, and you're always in fight or flight mode. I was always edged, ready to go. Where now it's like I'm just, hey man, someone like be crazy or something like that. I'm like, bro, you're right, you're safe, you're cool. <laughs> like when, when before I'd be like, this guy's gonna hurt someone. I better hurt him first. Yeah, <laughs> I better defuse this situation. Yeah, I think it's experience as well. Like I've had a few different things that have happened in life, like everyone does. But like these few certain defining moments in my life, which as soon as those things have happened, then I almost have lost my life or like been in interesting situations. situations. Yeah. I just evolved on that. And that's why G always thinks I'm like scaring him, but I'm very protective of her constantly. 100%. Yeah. I'm protective of my family. Wait to have a baby, dude. Yeah. But I'm also like, she, don't she worry about me. Real. You just don't think about it. I just like, I'm like, I've never even thought about that going into that situation. I'd just be still like chill, you know? So it's different mindsets, but it's also coming from having different life experiences, coming from different families and that. Yeah. Well, that's why you guys work. That's why Lucy and I work. Like Lucy comes from a beautiful classical musical family, academia. Do you know what I mean? Like she barely sweared before she like, before we got together. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd swear like a trooper. Like, yeah. you know, I, like both my parents were heroin addicts. Like I came from a very, very rough out, like upbringing. Yeah. So for me, I've always had to fight for everything. Everything that I've had has been a fight for me from day dot. But it's um it's crazy because you, you see how the the yin and yang works. Like mm. what you see and what you see is two different lenses, but somehow it, it balances itself out where you guys have this like. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Some things we come from very similar upbringings in a sense. And I think that can also be where we like look at things from different experiences that are similar but also from in a different lens if that makes sense yep. um but it's funny like you're right i suppose having the yin and the yang does bring us together even though we are still because there's there is going to be moments where <laughs> he is going to be him and it's going to be a situation where you go fuck you know lucky you are like that because that could have been completely different but then the nine and a half out of ten times where you know you're looking at something getting like maybe getting on edge and then you see her and you're like i've got nothing to worry about because she's all she's all good that's all good yeah yeah it goes both ways yeah <laughs> it does it does really go both ways because yeah. like Lou says it to me all the time she's like i'd you go to a restaurant or something like that and she's like can you stop I'm like what? She's like, I can feel you. Like, I can feel you. <laughs> I pretty much say the same thing. Scanning, <laughs> scanning the, scanning the room. You know, scanning like I'll, I'll have to look at the cutlery and yeah, has it been cleaned properly? <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like that's that's just I don't know. It might just be a, an alpha male hey, thing. Yeah, I, I scan the room like I scan it constantly, and then I look over and she's just like. Looking around, <laughs> looking around. I'm like, what are you looking at? And she's just staring at people. And I'm just like, what are you looking at? And she's like, oh, I'm just people watching. Weird looking head. Like, oh, her, back, her back's cooked though. Yeah. That's what I usually Constantly say. Like, I just be like looking pile. at people. I always say, I'm like, I'm not checking people out. Don't worry. I'm just like looking at bodies in motion, like like the assessment of people. Okay. Like, I'm, happy I'm, I'm happy I'm sitting down. <laughs> now like, I already fuck. noticed that your back's probably a little bit sore over there. So What's that, sorry? Your back. Oh man, I'm twisted as fuck. Yeah. One, 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 yeah, one, I already yeah. noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're driving here, and G, G looked over. This guy was running, and she's like, "Oh damn, his back's fucked." <laughs> and I was just like, "I saw that before she did." And I was just like, "Now I do it." Uh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to do it now. And that's like uh, that's a because Luce and I are five years together now, and it's 
crazy how like the little innuendos of your partner come out in you and yeah. over time you you started you it's just like you don't even think about it you just do it you're like oh that guy's gate's bit running a bit weird like i think he's I think his <laughs> hips are out well the funny thing is is that dana loves g-wagons and now i'll always be like g-wagon driving past. yeah for some reason I, I love all cars but for some have reason the, have you seen the dr love g-wagon nah well there's there's cursed d and that's she's got a white one, and then there's I think it's Do I'm pretty sure it's Doctor Love or Love Doctor. Oh no, he's the black one of the black oh G God. wagons. In, I feel like I'm Arizona. up to date with. Oh sorry, yes, yes. I, I, th I was like, yeah. What's no, the no. number plate? Is it? I think it's Love Doctor or oh, Doctor Love, oh, and okay. then there's Kirsty. Like yeah, I always I see Kirsty. Yeah. Yeah. It's always at um the junction yeah. constantly because yeah, yeah. I always. But I don't like white ones. They're okay, just, they're ugly. Okay. But um, I, I love cars in general. But as soon as I see a G wagon, I'm always like G wagon, and G's just like. Now she's like doing it. Constantly. Now I'll be like, do you wagon driving yeah. fast? Well, yeah. Like, um, we ordered a, an X6 in like August last year for, for like, because Lucy was pregnant and, um, she, we had a, the Golf R wagon. Crack. I like that car. So sold that. Was supposed to have the BMW. Bubs come early. She's supposed to come in February this year. She came in December. This car's still not fucking here from Germany. Oh, yeah. Like, still not here yet. That's standard. So, poor Lucy's driving. I've got, a, like, a, a Ranger, like a big jacked-up Ranger, <laughs> and she's driving that, the poor little thing. Um, and she's, like, off work at the moment, and I said, oh, look, let's... Swap cars? No, no. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my truck, and that's it now. <laughs> I saw that coming in. I was like, someone's got a concrete pump. Yeah, I'm just pumping concrete. If you ever need pump? Yeah. Hey, I actually said that. I was like, oh, it was good that to know. That will come in yeah. super yeah. concrete pump. I look after you too, brother. Um, <laughs> so uh, I said to Luce, because our friends from Ebenezer, they come from a quite wealthy family, like Kelsey does anyway, and um, they – Kelsey said to Zach, look – we don't have the ability right now to go and buy AMG, GLE, you know, 63 or whatever else. Let's just – they just got a, a Hyundai Palisade, which actually is a really nice car. Hey, great car. Yeah. It does a job. Yeah. 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 And I, I said to Lucy, I'm like, look, let's probably not go spend 160 right now with you being off work. Let's just go spend 80 on a car. And I said, let's have that for three or five years or however long that, that term is. And then let's get a fucking G wagon. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna be driving around let's in G wagons. <laughs> That's so. Good. When Dane sold his house, he's like, "Babe, there's a G wagon on um Facebook." I was like, "But." It was, no, it, was it was sitting there. It was, it was in Queensland. It was sitting there for like 160 grand. And like, I'll be honest, like, I've seen the best, like, the best thing about money, and then the worst thing about money, not having it. And we've gone through that. And I think the most powerful thing through my life is seeing how hard it is when you don't have money. 100%. And I've worked so hard to become the person I am to have that money. Yeah. And that's the best thing I think quality that I love about G, right, is we could – we don't – she doesn't worry about it. She doesn't care. She doesn't really – like we don't Money's need, not really a thing for me. We don't I'm really need like, a G-Wagon, you know. She's I like, said it's a liability, to be honest. There's no point in getting a lease for that. I'm like, save our money and invest it somewhere else. Like, I'm smart like that. I do need you know what I mean? that, yeah. But yeah. In, well, after that one, because he loves G-Wagons, I was like, just get it. As soon as she said just get it, I was like, but you're meant to say no. <laughs> I was like, it's the first time in my life that I've actually had the freedom to be like, I can do that. And then I didn't because I was like, I genuinely like the idea of 
having that as a backup. So that we just wanted to buy a business. We bought a business. You know? Well, like, it's you know yeah. the, it's the I'm not the f- first book that I read out of school was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh, we've Ke- both read that. That's great. Book. Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. As well. And the one key takeaway I took out of that book was it's not about how much money you have; it's about how much money you keep and how hard that money works for you. Yes. Yes, hundred percent. So like your one sixty G wagon in one year time is, is a 120 G wagon oh, and then not. it's, you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's a depreciating asset and it's actually just a liability. It literally is it's just a, a liability. Exactly. Buying yeah. a car outright yeah. is a liability unless yeah. you're using it, unless you're doing it for tax purposes and yeah. then, then you're just trying to do it through the company or something. You know 100%. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or so it's like a collect, like a, like a walk and show or something. You yeah, just keep it in the, exactly. In the, yeah, it's on and an everyday drive. That's the thing is like have, being able to do something but then choosing not to and then using that money in say an investment somewhere How old else. You? 26. That's sensational. <laughs> Great. So Jay's exactly a year older than me. Yeah. So, Mate, like, that's a really smart. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is that I feel like we're both financially like literate, even though I currently have no money because I'm a <laughs> professional athlete. That is a female. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, but I understand like that how assets and liabilities work, whereas they don't teach you that stuff at school. Never. So it's like, and we're only quite young, you know what I mean? You're taught to buy a house, so have it. A mortgage, which is essentially a death till mortar. Yeah, get yeah. It's an agreement till death. French word. Yeah, Yeah. death till mortar. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's like people think you know having a house and starting a family and all that's it's great and it's a dream, but people are they're spending more money than they're going to earn. Essentially, that's what we've been taught for the last. Well, that's what school is. School, school, school is setting you up to go work on the production line. Definitely. It's the Henry yeah. Ford method the of working nine, nine to five. Yeah. In the but matrix. In the matrix, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, even worse is, you know, the Ameri- like in America clicked onto it. It's like they know how much money they can make from, from schools and tuition. Like, it's true. It's crazy. Like academia, like – is a massive, massive business. Let's call it what it is. It's I a actually never realised that until recently. Like <laughs> yeah. how much money is in like academics? Like, like, could you imagine? Ha- I was like, yeah. you imagine Harvard or like like that's like a school like, like Yale. Or even yeah. um, just to go for a school term at my college in America was twenty eight USD, twenty eight K, which is like what's that in Australian? Like fifty? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. expensive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was lucky out of full ride, Jesus. It was crazy because, like, even when I was in year, like year 11, 12, I'd be in mass and I'd be like, well, What are you going to teach me about taxes? Are you going to teach me about loans? I don't need algebra, like, bro. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I said that and then I become a builder. <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm not learning this. And yeah, lucky enough, I'm actually decent at mass. It's the one thing I'm pretty good at at school was mass. But I was just like, Can you teach me about something that's going to be constructive? And I, they never did. So then when, you know, for example, we met and started talking about all these different things, it was so refreshing because for so long you don't know. Like no one talks about it. No, no. one. Everyone always goes, yeah, let's go get a loan. Because let's go do this, go that. Because the world like, doesn't want you to become wealthy. No. They want no, you to be not. sick and poor. Everyone wants to keep you in the middle class zone and pay the highest tax bracket. Yeah. Every, everyone thinks that being in that sort of like 100K plus a year is the best part, which is the middle, but you guys pay the most tax. Most tax. If you're at the bottom of the spectrum and earning 20000 you get, you know, you're a getting break. tax minimum. Yeah. And then if you're in the higher spectrum, they know how to get tax breaks. So it's just like, why would you want to be average? Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah. But yeah. even the high, even people in the highest tax bracket, like your doctors and your lawyers, they're not usually financially Literally. educated yeah. and they are still getting taxed like, crazy amounts because they don't know how to beat the system then it comes down to them having certain cars or certain things because they have these certain fancy jobs they have to keep up this persona but then all these are keeping them in debt Mm. it's just what we're taught to 
a strive for, you know, it yeah. doesn't really make sense when you well, really break it down. Well, that's the one thing that I loved about, so I read Rich Dad Poor Dad at 30 and the one thing like your network is your net worth. I'm like, fuck, I've got the biggest network in the world. Like I can ring, I, I can have a fucking kilo of Coke delivered right now and I could, <laughs> I could have. I thought Dan was going to be like, ooh. Like, or, or, you know, like I could fucking buy a helicopter. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I have that sort of, network yeah and as soon as i read that book it changed me i went and finished it's powerful my, went and finished my degree like everything like it it was something that it really really moved me and i needed it did you read did you read the cash flow conduit the second book to you no. no i've listened to a little bit of it but yeah. rich dad poor dad was like the yeah the callus to then sort of you know, push me into other things like yeah that. yeah it's incredible that was the first book i actually ever read yeah properly yeah. And yeah. digested it, yeah. So, yeah. But like, it's like same thing. It's like if you know, I get locked up. I've got a, I've got a barrister. I've you know, my car needs to be serviced. I've got a good mechanic. I've got a good lawyer. I've got a good. My accountant is a fucking gangster. You well, know what the, I mean? that Dane like, had all of that in Wollongong. It's yeah. just that we moved up here. We had less. Um, yeah, people we had to work out Lebanese because like if you wanted anything, I could get it for you. Yeah, like, <laughs> yalla, bro. <laughs> legit. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's crazy to think that you go into this completely different suburb, which isn't actually that far away, but you have all it's those things are gone. Three hours. You know that safety of yeah. just having everything accessible. Yeah. But I think the fact that you can step away, and we've just we're about starting our new business. She's like taking on the NRL world, like, and she's doing a PhD. She's playing footy, like doing everything. And that's the thing is like when it comes to money, it's so in the background. It's like, that's why it's like, we need to just keep doing these things because we've got a short amount of time to achieve these things, inspire as many people as we can, or, you know, make life changing goals yeah, as quick as we can sort of thing. Well, it's like you do, if you do what you're passionate about, one, you leave a legacy and two, the money will always come. Definitely. It will yeah. always come. Like, doesn't like might not happen straight away, but the money will always exactly. Always and yeah. that's it's we've Dan and I had conversations about this before, and it's like there's been times where, or even at the moment, I don't really have any money. And, and he's like, Oh, you know, I didn't realize like how short you were. And I was like, Well, we talked about this, like, I wasn't going to work much during the season. Like, and if I don't work, I don't get paid. Like, I'm a stubby, so it's just like that's how it is. Yeah, and although in like a month or two, contract money will come through and my PhD scholarship will come through but there's a period of time where it's like i just don't have very much and it's like but that's the price you pay for living the dream yep. you know unfortunately like it will come and money is coming my way um but i suppose you go through periods where there isn't much money at the same time as well oh mate i went from i went from you know a, a six-figure salary working for you know, a, a big um waste waste company car allowance, everything. And it was just like, I've been doing the same shit for 15 years. And I said to Lucy, I've got to change. Like one, you're going to be going on on maternity leave. I'm My barrier to entry is, is flexed. I can't earn any more money with what my profession is than what I earn now. And, you know, we lose a lot of money with, with her maternity leave when it goes, or her wage when it goes. And like last, like last year, man, I was like, I'm going to buy a pump truck. I've never pumped concrete before. Never. You're, in my ma whole you're massive. <laughs> that you've got all the requirements. That's all you need. Be a big dude and be able to pull those hoses around. You're good to go. But like I, I'd never done it. I was like, yeah. okay, well, I went and you're went, like, fuck it. Went to a broker. Got, a, got mate, I don't even have a fucking MR license. I didn't even know how to fucking drive a truck. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like I just went. I went to went to my broker and I said, 
Dude, I need to get, he didn't even know. He thought I was buying it's, an Adji for the first not, fucking month. It's not month. a bad decision. Honestly, my dad wanted to buy, he had a massive concrete company when I was like real young. Yeah. And obviously that ended up going bad. But it was, he wanted to buy trucks. And I was like, if you bought a trucks, I would not have the work ethic I have now. Yeah. Because we would not have struggled. Yeah. Because that is a great investment. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And like, it's like a lot of guys that I go and pump, pump with. They're like, oh, mate, I've never, never seen you around. How long have you been doing this for? I'm like, oh. I think your job twenty seven. <laughs> They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, so you were a concrete? I'm like, no, no man. I was a pen pusher. Like, I was a fucking an account manager, <laughs> key yeah. account manager for Cleanaway. They're like, holy shit, dude. It's just like, well, that's just what you got to do. Why not? Yeah. I looked at it from this perspective. I was like, well, I can't deal drugs because I'll go to jail. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> what's my biggest return on investment? <laughs> Literally for transaction. It's like, you know. You know, minimum job average is like eight fifty per job. It's like you do two, two oh, three man. of them. You could you could do multiple a day. Yeah, multiple a day. And how many people are earning that much money for really like not much work? T- to be honest with you, man, I see it as a fucking workout. It's yeah, rad. You go right, okay. <laughs> you got like you're pouring two two hundred square slab, two hundred fifty square slab, or driveway or something like that, and you go right. Concrete at this time, we've got this much line out. That line equals this much weight. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, dude, it's like that. Yeah. Once the concrete comes, everyone goes into this place where it's oh. just like, fucking let's go. No one understands unless you've <laughs> yeah. done it, unless you've poured concrete before. No yeah. one understands oh, what that is. is like. Everyone yeah. just goes, let's go. It's it's seriously like footy, man. It's yeah. crazy. And they're like, all wearing footy shorts and like, <laughs> yeah. balls footy are hanging out and they're just like, ah, screaming concrete and that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, for, for us, it's just like, you know, fucking Sinking get, a v. Get, get the truck set up and just, well, I'm like the anomaly because I don't do drugs or drink anymore. I'm like almost five months sober. Awesome. And, nice. um, Congrats. Thank you. And um, and it's like, yeah, it's weird because it's like, I'm like one of the boys, Larrick and whatever else. And they're like, oh, D-Train, you want a line? You want a beer? I'm like, oh, no, it's all right, dude. Yeah. I've got a. I've got my fucking Vust or my Hydrolite in there. You, you, you've got your, um, like, a filtered water in the car. Oh, yeah. I just got, I've, I just, man, it's crazy, I, I literally just fucking... You I, sound like Dane. Yeah. I, I eat, um, I eat hydro, I just eat the Hydrolite tablet and then just drink oh, the water yeah, as I go along. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's crazy. It's cool that you understand this because I'll be on site. I've been on site for a very, like, a while now. Maybe not that long, actually, like six, seven years. But, like, I'll go on site and I'll, I'm the bigger dude, so they expect all this stuff out of you. And that's fine. I'm cool. I, I love the challenge. I'll do whatever. But then they'll sit down and they'll talk about how they got pissed or they're doing this or they're doing that. And I'm just, like, eating, like, broccoli and rice and chicken, you know, every meal. And then they're like, oh, do you want a pile or a V? I'm just like, nah. Like, I just, I'm not that type of person. And then they look funny. They look at you like, what are you doing? But it's just because I'm a... In my head, I'm still an athlete, for yeah. example. Yeah, athlete mentality. Exactly. And then yeah. they're just, they sort of, in a sense, give up. Well, I say to these guys, because, like, um, depending upon, like, the job and how, like, uh, how hot it is, humidity, whatever else, and that's how I'll prepare for that. I'll be like, right, I'll take a Snickers or a Mars bar, because I'm like, if, if I know that we're going to be there for four hours, I'm probably going to do probably a minimum of, like, 11,000, 12,000 steps. I'm probably walking, like, five, six Ks. You yeah, know? you need to fuel yourself. So you, you do. You need glycogen, and it's, like, in the morning, like – I'll have a shake and I usually like to fast, but it's like I will monitor my water. And as I said, like those hydrolytes, because before you know it, man, like you're pissing Coca-Cola. Like mm. it's, it's, oh, yeah. and it can Definitely. go very quick. And then I look at these guys because I like 
my my head starts to go a bit. Zzz. Yeah, like dehydrated, yeah. And like yeah. going into like yeah. crazy, yeah. like ooh, losing it mode. And I'm like, oh, well, I've done probably close to you know three, four liters of water. I've got my hydrolyte in. I've got a bit of gl- like glucose in. I've you know had a fun size Snickers or something like that. And then you just watch these dudes crack a long neck, and you're like, "Yeah, what the how hell? are you alive?" Yeah, that's I know. My dad. Yeah, it's your dad. That was my dad. Yeah, <laughs> eleven nine nine o'clock to about eleven, they'd crack open a long neck, no shirt on ever, and they'd just be concrete. Thongs yeah. and footy sh- socks and shoes, gum, 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 gum boots gum and footy boots. shorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's from gummies yeah. to thongs straight away. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I eventually see them in clinic. Like these blokes, like they blow their backs out. They've got like gout, and then by the time they're like fifty, they've got osteoarthritis in both knees. Yeah. So it's like I see the end of the damage they've done to themselves, and then they don't really have much of a life after that because they battered themselves away. Oh yeah, they it, destroy their bodies. Yeah. Do you, do you want to hear the best thing about this? And probably, probably the worst thing to tell you, you coming <laughs> to just to. But uh, one of our mates had just got back from from the B team. He'd been training over with Craig and. Nicky Rod and Ethan Crellestine over in Austin. And um, Bobby's this tall, like, Indian dude. He's a fucking legend. And him and I were, like, wrestling. And, like, I'm probably about 50 kilos heavier than Bobby. And, like, we're wrestling and he's still smashing me. And then um, I, like, single-legged him. And as I was taking him down, he, like, just rolled out. And he fucking, like, outside Kinkaku, like, heel-hooked me. And I went to roll. And, like, as I rolled through, I got pretty, like, pretty good dexterity in my in my feet. I got a good you could be a bloody dancer. Yeah, great Jesus. point. So, so when like when I get heel hooked, I can normally get my heel through, like because I can point, point my toes. I have got real good mobility. Jesus, yeah, that was unexpected. You should have been a ballerina. <laughs> yeah, no, no. it's weird coming for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it got as I rolled and tried to push my foot through. He, um, it actually his knee line got deeper and just my meniscus, like it went. And my left leg. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you dislocated your calcaneus. Oh, is that uh, is that like where your tibula pops out? No, no, you actually dislocate your heel bone. Oh, like when they okay. when they put you in the heel hook, and the heel hook actually dislocates the heel bone. Yeah, uh, that means they're not doing it properly because your ACL should have went way before then. <laughs> yeah, but fuck that. But yeah, my meniscus. So my meniscus went on the Monday, and then I pumped my first job on the Thursday, oh. and I was like. Okay, we should be all right. Like, it, it felt sweet. Like, I didn't really have any... Was it swollen? Not yet. But it was weird. I'd done the job. And, um... Thanks, Banks. And, um... I'd done <laughs> the job. The and I was wa- washing out. And I don't know whether it's just because I was on the, like, the meshing gumboots and stuff like that. But my... It's like, it was like my left knee just hyperextended backwards. Oh, yeah. And I just fell to the ground. <laughs> Oh. And the concrete is like, dude, are you all right? And I'm like, I, I think my, I think my knee just blew out. That was day one. I had to pump a job the next day. Oh, oh no! So like, I'm literally like just strapping my knee with a brace. Do you um, so have my, any guys with you, or is it just I've you? I've got lining here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm literally like doing my first like. Well, it's only just gotten better. Like, I did my first like eight weeks with the torn meniscus. When was that? That was March. What are we now? May. Oh yeah, it's been three months. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm like, like, because once I got into it, it was all right. Once it was warm, like with the with like the knee brace on and stuff like that, I just didn't think about At it. At work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All good, straight line. But then, as soon as like I got out of the truck when I got home, 
Go on. So I'm just dragging my leg up. It's up the it's road. crazy how you can just like go to work and because you're so especially concrete, you're so into that moment the and adrenaline. just like doing what you need to do. It it's is. it's like playing footy, but yeah. if you switch pain off, for example, yeah. even though it's not even remotely comparable football to concrete and but you like do it and then as soon as you finish and you you actually start to slow down and wind down your everything just goes okay yeah i'm fucked oh man I need, and you some people just like collapse that's why everyone drinks it's a big drinking culture that's yeah that's probably why I'm, they just drink away their pain just numb that's, the pain that's it, and then yeah. they wonder why they're so swollen afterwards which Mate, never helps anything i'm telling you like it was that first like month it was hard enough as it was as it is to just my body had never been through anything like that before. Like, you know, those hoses are almost like a ton. Oh, when they're, they're heavy. full of concrete, yeah, three-inch yeah. hose. And I'm like, my knees like braced up and stuff like that. And these, con- like my mate is a concrete who I do most of my work for. He's like, what's wrong with your leg? And I was like, oh, Bobby tore my meniscus. And he goes, you got torn meniscus? And, like, and he's like, you're a fucking lunatic. What are you doing here? Why are you fucking pumping concrete? I'm like, bro, I've got to. Yeah. That's the thing is often it's like mm, I try and tell patients, I'm like, oh, we, we actually really need to rest this. And they're like, well, we can't. i got to go to work. i got to make money. It's like how do you – I like as an osteo, it's like, well, the body needs the time to heal. But then as the athlete person, I'm like, all right, well, we just got to do this to manage it. Yeah. So yep. it's like you've got to do these things and you'll get through. But if you don't do these things, then you're going to be in the world of hurt. But back to the athlete mentality thing that you're talking about before, Dane, was that like I'm not eating shit food. I'm not creating extra inflammation in my body. I'm not mm. eating shitty food. I'm not fucking drinking alcohol. Like I'm hydrating my body as much as I can. I'm doing as much as I can for the injury and for myself for the task at hand. But it's like there's no way in hell I would have been able to do that at all had I been on the piss. On the piss. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like the scarcity as well that like you just started a business. It was your first pour. And if, if it was anyone else, you know, like you're, that's a lot of money you've just invested into your first port. It's like, yeah. you can't just take three months off. And the thing is, there's so many people that aren't financially secure, right? That just work for a company that don't have that money. And I've definitely, definitely been there for years is you like, if I miss one day, I'm not going to be able to pay a bill. It's fucking it's, mental. It's terrifying. And I say to G, I'm like, this is why people work 10 hours a day, six days a week. Well, it's the things you don't account for, bro. Like, and you guys will probably find this with your business. You'll be like, we did a checklist. How the fuck did we miss this? <laughs> like, literally the day I picked up my truck was like six grand that we did not account for. Oh, yeah. Even just now starting the business so is like, the fi- <laughs> it's already the, happening. The finance, fees. the finance company that has in very small font is that they don't do monthly arrears payments. So the day I picked up that truck, three grand out of my account. Oh, Jesus. So that was like the broker fee, everything like that. And then you get to the, you get to service New South Wales and they're like, oh, you paid hundred well, uh, it's a $150,000 truck. I said it was a hundred thousand yeah. dollars like on the receipt. Do the same thing every time. Three, three another three grand yeah. stamp duty. Yeah. And it, it was like, like I got home. I'm like, there's nothing left in our bank account. Yeah. Lucy's like, why? I'm like, they've taken the the finance company's taken that money and that and the RTA's taken that money as well. I was like, fuck, that's like six grand. I didn't even account for. And the worst part is like when you pay like for a new car or truck or anything, and you pay that stamp duty. It's like, what are you paying? 
It's literally like you say, like it goes it's to massive. nothing. Paying it's just the government, a, just a tax. Yeah. Well, well, if you think about it, like stamp duty back in the day was like well, you, when you were buying a truck, it was probably only three grand, yeah. and a house was only you know twenty grand. Yeah. Where now it's like it's still the same. What is it, ten percent or whatever else it is, three percent or I think it's like a couple dollars every hundred dollars a car. The trucks worth th- th- three dollars for every hundred. Yeah, it's mental, yeah. especially hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's insane. Well, imagine if I did put up; it would have been more. I would have had no money. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Literally, exactly. it would have been. You would have been in deduction. I would have been in minus. I would have yeah. been fingered. But like that's, and then it was like public liability, um, work cover. Yeah, dude, work Just cover. Random stuff that you didn't even account for. Work cover. Holy shit! And then yeah. I ticked the wrong thing on work cover. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Anyway, but like it's those little things that you think you're so prepared for when you're starting a business. You're like, oh, it's all right, I got this. And then it's like all these external things you didn't factor in, but you don't factor in when you work for someone else. 100%. I was, I've, I've had a wage since I was 19, 20. Yeah. I think the lucky thing for us is that we've got the other owners of um, Cultivate to help us. Yeah. So they've kind of like accounted for random shit that we wouldn't have even had the idea about. Yeah, th- that was the biggest thing with the sale was not even bartering with them with the price, for example, because we're like, we want to continue this relationship and like into the future, we want you guys to still have it. Almost f- like a mentorship. Exactly. Yeah. And that's been so crucial through this whole transition. Like their accountant is now our accountant because he's just a weapon. Yeah. So just having that there has been such a beneficial thing. So, w- yeah. were you um were you practice out of out of your site? Yeah. Yeah. Which just, is cool for you. No paying rent. Well, it just <laughs> makes more sense to be all the one spot. Yeah. I, the style that I like to practice is exercise prescriptive based. So, I do like to have access to a gym, but I'll probably go a bit more traditional osteo, which is fine. Yeah. Cause um. A friend of mine, she's a she's an exercise sports scientist, mm-hmm. um, exercise physiologist. Is ex- exercise physiologist? Yeah. yeah, which is like I was because I was said to her, I'm like, what's the difference between you an osteo and a physio? And it's like, oh, one's hands on, one prescribes this, and I just make up exercises. <laughs> exercise physiologists essentially just prescribe exercises, exercises yeah. but they can't. Technically, they're not allowed to do manual therapy and they can't actually diagnose someone. Yeah. So that's the main difference. An osteo and an EP together are like the best combo. Yeah. Is usually what I say. Her name's um, Georgia Ames. Georgia she, Ames. She plays um, she plays soccer for someone. Um, she's a little weapon, actually. Good crossfitter. She's at Recovery something. There's a gym. Well, I'll show you later. But yeah, she's a, she's a legend. She, she helped me with a lot of stuff with my back. Well, see, this is what I said to Dane. It's like if I'm going to practice out of Cultivate, I need to find an EP that I can refer on to because yep. I get to the point with patients or people, it's like, all right, I've done enough manual therapy. We've got you under like your pains down, you're managing yourself, but now we need to get you strong because being strong is what's going to stop yep. you from being 100%. injured again. Well, George's... Um, fiance is Sarah Baum. She's a pro surfer mm-hmm. from Newey as well. And then Rebecca Woods, who's an osteo. Woodsy, we went yeah. to uni together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's their kind of like little crew. But yeah, George's, yeah. That's, that's so funny. You, you really like George's. She's yeah. Cool. yeah. I pretty much Same taught um, Beck Woods how to do some adjustments. Okay. <laughs> well, we're in the same year, but um, yeah, rib adjustments. She'll be like, 
but in saying that, I go see Beck if I'm struggling too. So okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll probably even come across Georgia. I'll ask her. Yeah, yeah, Georgia Ames. Yeah, she's introduced little... me to your EP friends. So I can refer people to her. Yeah. <laughs> she was literally saying this the other day. She's like, "If we're gonna go in this space, I need a good EP. Yeah. We need to find, and then yeah." I've done a later. I've done a podcast with Georgia and Sarah as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. They yeah. sound like they could come in to cultivate. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We, we, we want to target surfers. We want to target everyone. Yeah, we like, crack a few, like, yeah. like, especially because I don't think Bormi, like has much besides what Beck and, and Georgia can give to her, which is, yeah, pretty, as I said, like, it's, think about where we are, how many teams, even the cert, like, apparently this, South has 32 teams just in there under their, that Benar South. Crazy, so man. So it's like, this. West so, is pretty similar too. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many sporting teams and we, there's no recovery. We watched um, studios. the uh, hockey last night, ice hockey. Yeah, the North Stars was sick. Oh, so sick. Have you ever watched a game? I've never watched it. Oh, my God, you Mate. have to go. Where Where's the hockey stadium? It's like Warner's Bay. It's not even far from here. Yeah. Oh, bullshit. It's literally it, across so. from that Tempin bowling place. Oh, it is too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We went there last night and one of George's friends, uh, she actually treats him and her, her, her sorry, partner. his partner, sorry, and... um. Yeah, it was he, epic. He threw his gloves off and got in a punch on his seat. And it's <laughs> the, f- the first time I, I was standing there. And Jay was just like, "Oh, that's that's him, that's him." And I'm just like, I was my heart was pumping, and I was like, because everyone stops and just stands there and, and just lets him just throw his punches. It's so cool. It's weird, it's ruthless, and it's epic. There's um another one for you guys to watch. So Brady Six YouTube. Um, it's called Ice Guardians. It's about the enforcers in ice hockey it's oh yeah so sean sick. is pretty much an enforcer yeah that's and he also um he does but this, MMA. Is, N- this is nhl though. yeah which i feel like i was trying to say to dame but in the nhl it's kind of changed it's not like yeah it's not like what it used it's to be very like. frowned upon now yeah whereas like um college college ice hockey was epic because obviously when i lived in america like i watched a lot of college ice hockey yeah and there was still like enforcers and like people that got in like fights and like which sucks because the like say like your Gretzky's like the guys the goal scorers they need that to where protect n- them where now they don't have it and all these like star players are getting smashed because they're getting smashed off the park and they don't have the fear of the enforcer coming and protecting them because when Gretzky left the Rangers and went to the, the Kings to LA he took his three enforcers it was like That's you, cool. t- you take me you've got to take these two other guys or three other guys i think it was. watch ice package games. deal yeah it's yeah. kind of like that right hand tackle oh. you know that right hand for the qb yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's like that i think yeah i understand that too because like last night there was this young young 20 year old american kid and he was just he so, looks so small out there but so silky too just so silky with it and then i think this guy whacked him and you just saw his face bounce off the plastic. Like his whole helmet like squished against his head. and th- But you can see like how I know that um, Sean like looks after those babies, particularly in the team. So he'll like go bash up any of the guys trying to like Yeah, well that's their job. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch Ice Guardians. It was, yeah. You'll just be like, this is sick. You'll have to come to one of the games because like. Dana never seen an ice hockey game Never. Before. And I'm, I'm, I feel like a little kid. Like I was even like fist bumping the moose like. <laughs> Guy that come around, I was like, "This is so cool." <laughs> have you? I've been to an NHL game. I've never seen one. Oh, bro! I've never it's even so, watched. It's like, probably yeah. the best sport you can watch. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. I haven't been to an NHL, but obviously, college ice hockey was epic. Yeah, and that's why I was like, "We've got to go. You're gonna love this. Like, it's brutal." And he's like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "Wait." Yeah, yeah. Even uh, some of the hits last night, I was like, "Holy!" Like yeah. the whole like glass, like the plastic on the side is like rattling. Like they're just taking it people out. Yeah. As I said to Jay, I was like, "I think it's." 
it's so di- like sort of intense and exciting because like say if you get a big shot on the field right you're in the stands you know yeah you don't really see it ice hockey you could be standing right next to the plastic and someone just like gets their face yeah, squished like in right front of you <laughs> and you're just like oh fuck yeah like that was hard you know what yeah. i mean so that's why i'm like this is pretty cool getting checked yeah it's pretty gnarly um yeah mate i'm i'll be definitely keen to come watch them i didn't know to be honest with you. Yeah, there's um so I was looking into it last night. There's eight professional teams in Australia. They're gonna add a ninth one next year. Oh wow. Yep. And I think the North Star the North Stars beat um North Sydney Bears last night and smash, apparently smash North them. apparently North Sydney were like they won the last um premiership or whatever. Okay. I don't, I don't know how it works, but yeah. and then North Stars have had the most championships or something. So Newcastle's yeah. got like a pretty solid team. That's epic. They have such a yeah. good culture with every sport, I feel like, in Newcastle. Yeah. Everything is just so passionate. Yeah. Even with ice hockey, first time. Like <laughs> you just see, you it, just see it. All the trophies everywhere and they were just so passionate about it. It was yeah, it was sick. Yeah, it's, it's fucking cool. rad. Now we've been going for, for two hours. It's pretty uh pretty good. I'm starting to like feel like I need a snack. <laughs> I can tell I start to zone out because I'm like I need I was food. watching I was watching you going, yeah. <laughs> I know, I start, I like get to a point where I'm like, if I'm starting to lose glycogen, I'm like, get me food. She, she always says this to me, like, because uh, she's always like, you need a Snickers. As in like, I don't eat Snickers, but she's like, you need a Snickers because you're not yourself. <laughs> but it's her <laughs> all over. Great ad. She, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. But she'll be, just be looking at me and like just looking around and I'm just like, oh, you need to eat, don't She's like, yes. Oh. Right, I start to like go... Uh, I start to like lose it. And I start to like fall asleep. So I need food. <laughs> well, I'll I'll stop boring you so you can feed yourself. But um, it's not your fault. <laughs> no, all good. But um, I guess the um, what what when does the NRLW season kick off? Um, I think it's going to start. It started at the end, middle of August in 2020. It's just been a bit of a weird time with 2021, obviously being put this year. So yep. I'm pretty sure we start pre-season at the end of July and that goes for four weeks. So it should be around that time. Okay. Yeah. So back towards finals 40. And what's kind of the ETA on Cultivate? Well, hopefully towards the, the end of June. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have like a big um, open day thing. So we'll definitely get in and buy yeah, for that. Yeah. It's uh, we get the space on the six, so it just depends on how the renovations, the yeah. reno starts, and how we can sort of get everything set up. Yeah, and in terms of like trades or anything like that, if you need chippies or anything, got a couple of blokes if you definitely if you need to hook up. We've yeah. got all the contacts yeah. now of Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Jackie. No, it's good to know. Yeah, it's good to know because like you know when you go to new places, like it is so hard to trust anyone. Yeah, 100%, yeah. man. Yeah, so. yeah, no, agreed. Um, but no, I really uh, I really thank you both for, for coming in. I'm happy you actually sat in right, man. It's really cool. Really cool to have your vibe here too. Cool experience. Yeah, and I guess um, we wrap the show up, G, with um, – I'll ask both of you this question actually. Um, some words of wisdom, whether it's lately or something that you stand by or something that you can share with – generation of new females coming up play NRL or want to be an osteo or pokelonos dos we do both what's some words of wisdom that you'd like to share um well that's a hard one I guess you can kind of apply this to either academics or in the sporting field like I was never the smartest person at school like I got my ATAR was like 75 so it's bit better than average but nothing amazing you know what I mean um and I was never I never came first in the athletics but you know I'm now about to start my PhD and I play professional footy so the 
the thing that's for me is it's like hard work always beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough and you don't have to be that smart and you don't have to be that talented as long as you are willing to put in the work that's what matters yeah 100% what about you big fella um, I sort of get crucial, uh, like smashed by day all the time because I'm always putting quotes in. She's oh like, my God. You we could so have like a billboard of all Dan's <laughs> quotes in our heads. I'm constantly coming up with stuff and she's like, for fuck's sake. Um, but I think the one thing that I live by like constantly is like one of my favourite books, like Will Smith's new book, like Will. Um, one of the most simple things that he says is just go in and lay another brick. It's just like no matter how big your dreams are, no matter what you want to do, where you want to get to, it's just like the only way to get there is to go in every day and just lay that one brick as good as you possibly can, as perfect as you can, and do what you're doing that day as well as you possibly can. And then just keep doing it every single day and you'll eventually sort of evolve and get bigger and better. Brick by brick. Brick by brick. Yeah, 100%. So there's no other way to do it. Like same what G just said, it's just about hard work and, you know, just – it's going in every day. Too easy. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, guys. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. listening legends make sure you like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and head over to instagram and check us out at to the point underscore podcast